Fly Entertainment Sound DJ Ace Ride. And it's going down 2006, baby. Check it out. You can do this shit for my shit. <laughs> This song get me so hyped for some reason. He's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I miss this song. <laughs> and it's um it's ten seventeen day. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is, man. It is ten seventeen day. I didn't see Gucci tweet about it, so I didn't realize it was ten seventeen day. This is that hungry Gucci, man. It, dog, it's crazy because we, we have a special guest who also worked with Gucci Mane, and he, he had been through prison and all that. You're going to hear that, too. It's a great story by RT and Shank. His whole his whole life journey, but like he, he touches on how you know he became a better person after prison and, and didn't make the same mistakes and all that, and I, I really respect that. But I miss the pre-prison Gucci man. I can't <laughs> lie, dog. Like you don't like the vegan about, Gucci. I was listening to uh, Back to the Trap House three or Trap House three that mixtape that came. And man, even though that was like the later old Gucci, but. Yeah, it still sounded so much better than what he is now, man. <laughs> he still had that hunger, dog. Man, oh, man, went vegan and the whole thing changed, man. But yeah. he still got the. He luckily he dropped a shit ton of music from back then. So if you a yeah. fan of old, you always got something. To yeah, you you probably got like maybe twenty mixtapes you could choose from. At least, yeah, man. And this was this was early Zaytoven too. Yep. <laughs> yep. Classic sound, man. Classic sound. Good thing to bump in on on ten seventeen day. So yeah. Yeah, good to hear, man. Good to hear. <laughs> Always gets gets you in a good mood. Some good screet nigga, screet nigga, screet. <laughs> Gucci. <laughs> Gucci. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, welcome to another exciting edition of the Gems and Juice podcast, y'all. Good episode here. Uh, we guarantee it. We got a dope artist coming in who's going to talk about his life story. Also, Figgy's friend from Cleveland, too. RTN Shank on the Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Um, also, quick plug, we had a YouTube page up now, man. Yes. So search Gems and Juice. Finally, 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 Yes. <laughs> So search Gems and Juice on YouTube. Subscribe. We just started this shit like this week. So we're going to put up all the artist interviews and probably some episodes too. So if you need a visual element, if you want to see our beautiful faces, you know, <laughs> go ahead head to that YouTube page, man. And you're going to see the whole thing unfold. So mm-hmm. yes, yes. But uh, some shit to talk about, man. I'm actually hyped about today's show because a lot of shit went down this week, man. And we got to break it down. Mm-hmm. But first off, Figgy, how you been, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm doing pretty good. Had a um, I I had a pretty interesting week. Um, okay, it it seemed kind of long, but um, it was pretty cool, man. I ain't really do too much. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm tired for some reason, man. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to hit the gym hard lately. 
trying to end the the year off right because <laughs> I fucked I fucked up during quarantine, man. When the gym was closed, I said fuck it. I was drinking, eating pizza. <laughs> I didn't care. I gained all the weight back. I'm trying to lose it for the end of the year and hit that goal. Yeah. The original goal, but I'm tired as hell. I ain't gonna lie, man. I've probably been going too hard in the paint, but <laughs> it is what it is, man. You know how it go. Oh yeah, I did do something cool though. I did make some mask. So I don't know oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For our contest winner. That looks dope, man. I yeah. like it. Yeah, but I, I got you one too. I'm gonna leave it here for you, but um yeah. Okay. If if, if y'all want a mask, just hit me up. Um and I I will direct you and let you know how to get this mask. Only ten dollars yes, too. Ten dollars for this. That's clean, man. That's a dope design. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> so get you a mask. Everybody stay safe out there. Get you a mask. A gins and juice podcast mask and rep the brand, man. Yes. We will rep appreciate the brand. We do. We really do. <laughs> Might have another giveaway soon to give away some more shit. So yeah. Well, we'll think about that in the future. Mm-hmm. But there are important topics to talk about today, man. Um, new release wise, I will admit I did not hear anything this week. I said I lied and said I would listen to Reason, but I didn't, <laughs> man. It's been a busy week, man. I, I've been doing a lot of bullshit, so I ain't get a chance. But to my surprise, I heard that Ti actually dropped a project. Mm-hmm. Um. He's also getting some flack on Twitter because I guess he has some kind of album release party and it was a ton of people up in there and no people mask. saying, oh, I guess COVID don't matter no more. <laughs> but low-key, Atlanta never shut down, dog. Yeah. That's the one place in the country where they just went about life as usual yeah. <laughs> during the COVID pandemic. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird because whenever you see somebody post like a picture with, with a bunch of people, the first thing people say, oh, I don't see anybody with mask. Yeah. And sometimes it, sometimes it can be a throwback picture. But the first thing people, try, they try to call you out like, oh, wow, no social distancing, huh? <laughs> That's the first. And, and, and it's funny because I kind of do the same thing, too. Like, I, I try to look at the picture and be like, hmm, I wonder if this old or new. <laughs> Is this 2020 or was this pre-COVID? <laughs> Look, man, I just saw the entire city of L.A. come out and and have a parade over the Lakers winning a championship. (laughs) So I better not hear nobody giving nobody else some flack over five people being together in a house or 10 people being at a party. when We got the whole city of L.A. in close quarters going crazy because they want a championship. So I don't want to hear it, man. (laughs) <laughs> COVID over now. Everybody acting like it's over now. So COVID is over. Fuck yeah. It. Even though nothing really changed. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I knew this was gonna happen too. We'll get to TI in a minute. I know we could yeah. talk about TI, but I, I I knew this was what's gonna happen, man. I knew that the I was surprised we actually made it three months. Yeah. During the quarantine shit. I didn't think it would even last one month. But <laughs> After them three months were up, man, you saw Texas opening up, said, fuck this. Yeah. Atlanta said, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A. is funny. Funny enough, L.A. is one of the only states or cities that have been more strict about this thing. Yeah. Everybody else is they they over it, dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you can enough. go to a bar, just skip a bar seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll be just and fine. 
And then uh, Governor Abbott in Texas said he was going to open up bars. I don't know any bars that are still closed that can open up. Yeah. Like every, yeah. everything's been open in Houston, man. I don't yeah. know no nothing that's been closed restaurant wise. Yeah, I for think the COVID. I think that's the key. I think the uh the bar restaurants, the sports bars, I think those been yeah. open. But uh you know they still got the old school bars that's just liquor. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's that don't have a like like a food license, I guess. So um I guess maybe those weren't open. But I feel like they probably just started serving food and skirted by. <laughs> <laughs> They're using the loophole. Yeah. So, yeah. But but we I, I, I've got way off topic. We're talking about T.I. Uh, he has a new album, the new project. I don't even know what it's called. I didn't even see uh, nobody reacting to it on the timeline. Libra. Uh, it's, it's a, I guess it's an acronym. OK. L-I-B-R-A. But it's something like legend. Uh, something pretty much, pretty much calling himself the king of Atlanta again, or the legend of Atlanta, or something like that. Oh my! Goodness. That's what the acronym stand for. But yeah, Ti got to decide if he wants to be an actor, an activist, or a rapper because he can't be all three. Man, remember when Ludacris was being in more movies and he still tried to rap? Yeah, it wasn't the same, man. He had to stop. Same yeah. thing with Ja Rule when he started getting into acting. Like, T.I. got to decide what he wants to do, man. I saw him in a trailer for a new movie the other day, and he still want to rap, man. It ain't, it ain't, he ain't Will Smith. He can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but how was this? You, you said you heard this album a little bit, man. How was it? Yeah. Uh, so the name of the album is Libra. It's, um, it stands for The Legend is Back Running Atlanta. Oh my god! So um, that kind of raised right. the eyebrow right there because it's like, <laughs> bro, you in a whole different tax bracket at this point. It's oh it's like Jay Z coming out with something saying "King of New York." Yeah, like at that point, he's kind of out of the conversation. No disrespect, but he's on another level. He's run, like he said, he's trying to run the map. He's not trying to run New York. So um, that 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 was kind of an eyebrow raiser for me. But I listened to half of the half of the album and it, it actually sound pretty good okay <laughs> like the production on there pretty good he rapping on there but i think to me i felt like ti kind of got what um i guess what rick ross got where mm-hmm. you make you you pretty much make good albums you you got the good songs but for some reason it don't i guess people not really interested in it like that because remember we had this I think I think we had this conversation not that long ago, but when TI said he can um he got like five classes or something like that. Yeah. And we was just like, nah, you need to slow down. And, you know, to his point, I think his album like his album, he never really had a terrible album. Like the music on there is pretty good, but it's not like classic good, like memorable good. And I think it's the same with this one. I, I think the production on there sound good. The beats, um, he rapping, but it's just kind of like, yeah, good, cool, <laughs> you know. And that and that's it. I don't think nothing is really memorable about this album, or at least the stuff I listen to. Yeah, I, I kind of wish he would just accept the the mentor role in hip hop. I hate the fact that he tried to name it like he back running Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta really fuck with T.I. like that, especially anymore. You know, I think his most of his fans are outside of Atlanta, probably. Yeah. 
He, so I think he in a whole different bracket now, man. Like, yeah. He, like I don't want to say he outgrew Atlanta, but he kind of did. Where he he's a global rapper now. Yeah, man. Like I said, there's gonna be people the new generation will know Ti from these movies he's in, like the they're, they're, uh, other things. Him speaking out on the riots and all this shit. They're not gonna know him for trap music, you know. Yeah. So, like. I'm not going to say I'm going to listen to it because I'm not a big fan of T.I. anyway. But it's good to know that it was, it was, he at least put some effort into it. You said it was production was good. So yeah, if you're a fan, it's not like you should check it out. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to this album and say, uh, what the hell is he doing? Like, yeah. Nah, this, like, he lost it. I don't think he lost it, but you you know how it is when, you know, artists get in a certain tax bracket, then you really don't hear that hunger. It's not, yeah, it's of not, course not. It's not gritty, and, you know, sometimes it's too polished. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, this is actually good, but, you know, we really don't relate to him like we did with Urban Legend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's what it is. It's, it's kind of the same thing with Rick Ross. When you listen to a new Rick Ross album, the production is always an A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he just don't get that credit. He don't get the album of the year talk. It's just kind of... Yeah. Like maybe maybe it's something where we don't really appreciate them, but it's kind of like a yep, that album is good. Yep, the beat's good, and that's it. <laughs> he'll never kinda get move on. Yeah, he'll never get considered as you know the album of the year. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, probably the same case with Ti here, but it sounds like if you're a fan, you should check it out. I'll tell uh, I'll check in with Jules and see <laughs> if her five. if she likes. I'm sure she heard it. <laughs> So we'll, we'll we'll make sure to check in and see what she thinks about it. Yeah. See if he's washed up or not. <laughs> I, uh, I also listened to um, Benny the Butcher's album. Okay. The album produced by Hit Boy. And um, man, this now talk about album of the year. This might be in the run in the album of the year. It's pretty good. Oh wow. Yeah, and you uh, and we know the whole uh, Griselda group. They their sound is always gritty. But this one is more of a polished uh, commercial type gritty. Like it, it's not it's not like West Side Gun when it's, it don't sound like it's mixed or anything and just a sample just going back and forth. Like Hit Boy really, I think he two for two. He, he got the Nas album and he got this album. Yeah. And it it sounds super clean. I don't know if you checked out the um the song from last week he dropped the the one with Lil Wayne and Big Sean. I still got to hear that. Yeah, but it's it sounds super clean. It sounds like it could actually be played on the radio. Uh, some oh, of the wow. songs, but um, yeah, this album is is pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think who else he had on there. He had Rick Ross on there, Lil Wayne and Big Sean, of course. Um, I'm trying to think who else he had on there. Um, yeah, but I I think that's an album you'll probably like too. It's not too it's not too gritty, because sometimes I I gotta be in a certain mood to listen to Griselda, <laughs> because sometimes you ain't gonna hear no bass in it. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> this one to me this was perfect. I think I think it was a perfect matchup with Hit Boy. So um, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to bring this up too because we talked about the Twenty One Sa- Savage album with um. Uh, Metro Boomin. I feel like I feel like sampling is the uh, a new thing right now. You 
remember at one point all of these producers we we're talking about never used to sample. It used to be straight yeah. off of, you know, Fruity Loops or whatever program. But now I feel like they're making a point to sample more. So you you heard Metro Boom and then Twenty One Savage. A lot of a lot of that stuff on that album was a lot of samples, and it's kind of the same with Hit Boy. <laughs> no, I think that sound is definitely coming back. You could argue it never really left. Uh, the the sampling and I actually learned this later on, but uh, a lot of the biggest records were still sampled, but they were just sampled to like the the, the samples were created to be used in rap. They weren't sampled off a regular song. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I do feel like that old sample and sound is coming back. I think Griselda might be in part yeah. to uh, credit that for too, because they've been having more success. And I definitely feel like it's coming back, man. I think people yeah. got, I think trap is, the, the trap sound is dying out a little bit. Yeah. And in I, general. Yeah. And I think, uh, like you said, I don't think it really left, but we see more of the trap producers doing it now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because, I mean, people used to always sample, but we see more of the Metro Boomers, the Mike Wills, the uh, the um, Hit Boys, the, the producers like that, the younger producers actually sampling and and still keeping that trap sound to it. And I, I, th- I think that's the new thing. And, and if you listen to 21 Savage, so I'm still listening to that album, by the way. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. And it to me, it sounds dope. It's, it's you. You still got the hip hop flavor to it, and you you got the um you got the samples and then the trap sound. That so it sound very modern. It's good to hear it come back too, man. I think I think the reason it left was mainly for legal reasons, um, and I think the whole streaming era made it harder too to clear samples. But I, I don't know if something's been fixed lately or something has changed, but. It does seem like that sound is coming back, man, and I I, I welcome it. So I'm going to check the Billy the Butcher album, actually, because I like him a lot. Uh, and I, his music, I think his music is more, he's like the method man of Griselda, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's mainstream, but he makes the music that's more, you know, you don't got to be into old school Wu-Tang yeah. to like method man. And you don't got to be into the old old school coke raps to like yeah. being the butcher because he he makes more music that more commercial. is listenable to everybody. You know, it's yeah. kind of more mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna check Benny out, man. I like him a lot. So I'm gonna check that album. Breaking news, everybody. We actually did have some more new music we had to react to real quick. Kanye West dropped a new song. He is amid his political presidential campaign, which unfortunately is still going on. And he's still apparently trying to make some kind of run at president, even though it's obvious, like he's a write-in vote and he's not going to fucking make it. But uh, he dropped a song called Nah, Nah, Nah. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of young thug type shit he, he thinks he's on now. I guess the Christian rapper angle is done. I guess he ain't no gospel artist anymore. Yeah, even though it, this wasn't no cursing in it. Yeah. Like it, it didn't sound like uh, Jesus is King. It sounded like he was trying to capture that old, old, old Kanye sound. So, Figgy, what are your thoughts on this song, man? It was it was hard to listen to, man. <laughs> it, it was really hard to listen to. If we wasn't listening to this together, I probably would have cut it off. <laughs> like it, it sounded offbeat. It kind of 
it kind of had a, a Yeezus feel to it. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I kind of towards the end, I kind of start feeling the hook a little bit. But he seemed like he was kind of all over the place with this. Like I had to, he sound he sound a little too much like Young Thug slash Future. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would have thought this was a fake song. <laughs> if if somebody played this for me and said it was Kanye, I would have thought this was a fake song. Yeah, man, I don't. I, I hate when old rappers try to sound young, and Kanye did that here. He was trying to sound like one of the newer wave dudes with that weird flow and whatever the fuck he was talking about. But I feel like if he wanted people to get onto his campaign. This is not the type of song you should drop, you know, maybe drop something more conscious with a old school, maybe sample the hook on it. Something that reminds them of the old Kanye that we used to like. Yeah. Not this bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a fan of it, man. I hope that's probably the last time I hear this song because I don't think it's going to move anywhere anyway. So give it a great. I, I uh, on a scale of one to ten, I would give it a four. I'll be generous. Okay, yeah, I, I would probably I agree with you four, and that that four got. I I I will give it a four just for the simple fact towards the end, I kind of start feeling the hook a little bit. Yeah, the nine 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 part. But I kind of feel like the beat would work with a better rapper on it. You know, like you said, if a future did this song or if a young thug did this song, it might be a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But hearing Kanye on it, he just sounded like he was struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, Kanye dropped something. I don't know if he got an album coming out. Maybe I'm sure I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped an album on, on Election Day out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So, and, and what's crazy is, um, this song wasn't out yesterday, so I think it oh, might wow. it might have dropped today. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I just don't like that, man. Like, why you can't drop like everybody else? Like, set a release date, drop it on that release date. Like, why you gotta just throw it in there on a Saturday? Because he's Kanye, man. You know, he's Walt Disney. He's Steve Jobs. <laughs> he's Bill Gates. Yeah. He doesn't have to follow the rules of regular artists. He's a genius. <laughs> Sarcastically, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, new Kanye. Y'all could skip it. Yeah, if y'all ain't heard it yet. Skip. skip. Just go ahead. Skip. Skip. <laughs> skip. Speaking of skip, we got to talk about LeBron's new ring, man. But first, uh, so we don't usually get political on this podcast, man, but politics and hip hop kind of collided this week with Ice Cube, who apparently, to what I understand the story is, Ice Cube, who's been very political really ever since the George Floyd shit happened, like he's been going off on Twitter, just posting a whole lot. Um and apparently he had a some kind of contract for Black America that he wanted to present to both political parties. Um, and this is how he explained it. But we found out about this because somebody who was aligned with Trump came out and thanked Ice Cube for working with them <laughs> for a plan and his campaign or whatever. So everybody heard this news and was like, what the fuck, Ice Cube, Mr. I will never have dinner with the president. Suddenly, 
is all chummy with Trump. So <laughs> Ice Cube jumps on Twitter to explain himself. And he basically says that um, he wanted to meet with both parties. And the Republican Party was really the only one who would even entertain it now. The Democrats were like, you know, we'll look at this after the election. So apparently he did speak with Trump's people, the Republicans. And I don't know if they're actually working something out, but he's getting a lot of blowback for <laughs> even talking to people and entertaining this at all. Uh, and, and he's basically saying, you know, both sides are bad for black America, but we got to negotiate to get what we can, uh, regardless of who wins. So I don't know how to start. Cause I don't, I, I mean, this is a fucking rabbit hole, man. And yeah. we ain't got to go too deep on it, but I figure, what are your thoughts on this, man? Do you have any particular take on the, the so-called, coon cooning of ice cube or whatever you want to call him because he's talking to republicans about some shit yeah has has his og status been removed from the game is he no longer a legend what's going on here no i think i think it gets to the point where a lot of people kind of take stuff too far like i don't think he was wrong at this and honestly i think it's kind of normal and i think we should be we i think we should be taking notes on this because you know, we we all know it's two shitty candidates. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, you know, w- w- we should vote. We should vote. We got to vote for one of them. And just because I, I think just because you vote for one don't mean you're actually with that person. You know what I mean? It's 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 con- look at it like this. If if you don't have a car, you got to take a bus. That bus might not take you directly to your destination. You might have to, you know, you might have to jump on this bus to jump on another bus to jump on another bus to get to where you want to go. That don't means don't jump on this first bus. That means don't, you know, you shouldn't even jump on the bus. Sometimes you might have to take this bus out the way to, you know, get on the other bus to take you to your destination. So I think think people kind of got to look at it that way. Like just because he had a meeting with Trump or his peoples, don't mean he's down for Trump. He might be trying to see. It's kind of like you know the lesser way to die, or the you know let's you know these are our choices. Let me take the better option. It might not be that much better, but he might you know if if Trump's people are actually trying to do something for the black people or the black community, <laughs> and the Democrats or um. Biden isn't really trying to do much. Maybe it's a situation like that where he, you know, he rather go with what benefits us more. Now, to be clear, I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's the situation or not. I, you know, I'm not into politics, so I don't know what went on. But like, I can I can see Ice Cube doing something like that. I don't, I don't think I don't think it make him a bad person. But like I said. I think they both shitty. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of picking your poison. But maybe, maybe, um, maybe Trump do got something that will benefit black people more than the other candidate. So maybe, maybe it's something like that. Maybe he, you know, weighing his options where, you know, he's saying, hey, I'm going to go with this person because he, he got a plan for us <laughs> that's better than the other plan. Yeah, uh, 
And here's the thing, because I don't, I, I'm with you in the fact that I don't think what he did was necessarily wrong. Uh, my only problem with it, and, and my, to, to full, for full disclosure, like I do think the Democrats have taken the black vote for granted at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think this actually started with Obama, you yeah. know, to where he was like, he would say he would campaign harder for the other communities, but for black people, he would be like, we'll just tell uh, cousin Pookie and little Ray Ray to get out there and vote. You know, yeah. he would be kind of condescending towards black people because he yeah. knew he was going to vote for him. Yeah. Like, we ain't going to not vote for the black president. Or let me get Jay-Z. So, let me give up some free Exactly. Let me get Jay-Z and Beyonce and, and all your little Negro you, celebrities yeah. out here. And you see, that's what they tried to do with Hillary. They they used the same rollout yes. and it didn't work. Yes. <laughs> so my, my I do think the Democrats take the black vote for granted. Um, I think they should work harder to make people especially when you got a, a a former prosecutor and the author of the crime bill running for president y'all got to apologize for something y'all got to make amends to black people and say hey you know we're with y'all this time yeah but so i understand the frustration with that my problem with ice cube and for anybody working with donald trump right now is that this is all politics man like literally it's all politics I think Donald Trump and his people see the fact that there are black people who are not really happy with the Democratic ticket and they're trying to pull those voters away or at least get them to not care about voting right now. Mm -hmm. And if Donald Trump was actually sincere about doing shit for black people, that would be one thing. I don't think he is, man. I don't think him or his base gives a fuck really about black people issues. And I think if he wins re-election, which I think he probably will, I don't think he's going to feel like, okay, I got to come through with my promise for black Americans. I don't think he's going to give a fuck because he's already won and he can only run for two terms. So he ain't going to get Mm reelected. I don't think so. So, so my thing, I don't like how certain black people are being used as tools for these campaigns. Yeah. And Ice Cube is falling into that. Yeah. To where I think, like I said, Donald Trump sees an opening for black people to either vote for him or not vote at all. And he's saying, hey, let's take these vote, Let's let's get this done for the campaign. He's campaigning hard. Mm-hmm. And I think when if he wins reelection, he would definitely not go back to Ice Cube and say, hey, let's work something out. He'll be like, well, yeah. Well, we're back in it, so hey. Yep. He kind of as we were. He kind of fooled everybody from the first time because remember when he first got elected, you had people like Steve Harvey, like give him a chance, and yep. You had Ray Lewis, you know, hey, I'm just taking the meeting, you know, trying to help us, and nothing really happened. Since Jim then. Brown, all Jim Brown. Oh man, yeah. crazy. Remember crazy time. It, it was it was crazy. That was four years ago. Yes, <laughs> and you know. Like I said, nothing really changed from that point. <laughs> you could argue the world's a lot worse right now. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, like I said, I'm not going to tell nobody who to vote for. Uh, and we not we ain't going to get into politics that deep. I just don't like it when black people are being used for pawns in either uh, candidacy or either yeah. party. It's, you know, Democrats yeah. do it a lot, like you said, with the Jay-Z and Beyonce shit. And now Trump is doing with the Ice Cube and certain people who seem to be doing his dirty work for him. Yeah. And I don't really like that, man. So yeah. it's kind of disgusting when you think about it. I know 
early on, um, you know, pre-social media, you you know, we really didn't see all of this. It was, you know, we seen the Bill Clinton's, the, oh, he playing a saxophone, and, you yeah. know, he got my vote. But now, in, in 2020, you can actually look back at a lot of shit they did before. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got the luxury to... Um, for somebody to pull up what Biden was about back in 94 or yep. and, uh, what Kamala Harris was about back um, uh, some years ago. So now it's like, wait a minute, like you ain't all, you know, handy dandy either. Like you did, you was doing this to black folks. So it, it, I mean, I guess there's a guilt. It's, it's like a gift and a curse, but you know, if, if these two was running back in 2008, you know, we will we will probably all vote for you know Biden and and, and Harris, mm-hmm. but for the simple fact that we can actually go back and see what they did, and you know you got people pulling up dirt on them, where it's just like nah. <laughs> so it, I I don't know it 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 kind of suck. It does, man. And like y- y'all got to do a, a little more than having Cardi B talk to Joe Biden. Yeah. To get me sold on Joe Biden, man. That yeah. that type of shit is over with now, man. Yeah. Don't, don't get Cardi B to campaign for her. Don't get her for them. Don't get these regular celebrities that we always see get rolled out around election time to get black people to vote because, like, nah, y'all yeah. got to say specifically what you want to do for black people if you want the black vote. Yeah. You do that for everybody else. Yeah, so. it's not as simple as as it was before because, like I said, all you had to do is get a, uh get fifty cent to show yep. up at the rally, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, but they yep. and especially with the Democrats, man, they 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 feel like they could just go to the hood and serve you know food, and yeah, we're with the black people. It's like nah, we, like we don't give a shit about that now. <laughs> like y'all been there, done that. Like nah, like what are you really about? <laughs> like we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to see you on the Breakfast Club. We don't care about yes. that anymore. <laughs> I don't give a fuck whose favorite rapper <laughs> anybody. Like stop yeah. asking that kind of. Everybody making fun of Kamala Harris because she said that uh, Tupac is her the best rapper alive to her. Of oh, course, yeah. which is ridiculous. But like I don't give a fuck who if she even listens to rap. Like mm-hmm. you gotta do, we we can come a long way since Bill Clinton played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Like, yeah, you gotta do a little more to impress us <laughs> than talk about pull hot sauce out of your purse, yeah, or talk about Tupac yeah. to sell yourself. Like, don't even ask those questions no more, man. Nobody yeah. care about. I'm gonna fuck who the who if the president likes rap. Yeah, I don't care about that shit, man. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's, it's crazy it's, times. It's nasty, man. It's 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 really nasty. Now, it, pro- I'm, I'm, it was doing the same thing with Obama, but right, uh, he, Obama was the first black president, so I I kind of let that slide a little bit. Yeah, because we ne- I never thought it would be a, a black president. So to me, I kind of you know I let that part slide. But now it seems like all they do is try to use that same rollout. They try to quote Beyonce, and you know do all this other shit and it's like man it, it just look ignorant now it does man and and i partly blame how what obama not uh, what he did but like the way the media treated obama is the reason why donald trump was able to become president to me because they treated obama like a celebrity and not like the president of the united states yeah a lot of these play, like, these media places did so 
I kind of blame how they how they framed him for Donald Trump being able to even run, let alone win the election. So it's a whole lot of dirty shit, man. I know some people are going to hear this and think we Trump people. We're not. But <laughs> I, I'm just sick of the whole game, man. Honestly, I'm sick of black people need their own political party somehow, man. We yeah. th- this shit ain't built for us, honestly, yeah, it's, and it's unfortunately. Yeah. So we need some kind of viable third party option to vote for because these candidates, they really ain't moving us, man. Yeah. Well, you really something. picking your poison. <laughs> Pretty much are, man. And honestly, and, I don't know. I don't know which is worse because some people might be like, Oh yeah. You know, if you vote for Biden and he get in office, things would be better. Like that's no guarantee to me. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't feel good about this at all. <laughs> A lot of people don't, man. And I, I understand if you're like, well, anything's better than Donald Trump. Anything's better. We got to get him out of here. Like, okay, I understand that point of view, but we also just can't settle for fucking dog food because it ain't shit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, uh, that's a terrible analogy, but basically we, we need better options rather than just to vote for the lesser of two evils. I hate that shit, man. Yeah, getting tired of it. Yeah, the, I, I, the one thing I will say is it, it won't be like a a, a clown show, you know, if if Biden did become president, because Dog, I, I don't because like it's sometimes it's kind it's kind of embarrassing a little bit. I tried to watch the debate one night, and mm-hmm. just the way it was going down, like I never, like I never looked at a debate and was kind of like, ooh, laughing and, you know, joking about it and all this other shit. <laughs> but I, I, just, I don't think, I don't think you'll get that from like a Joe Biden. It, it might go back to somewhat normal as far as like what a president should be. But just, you know, calling each other names and telling people to shut up and all this, just all the little goofy shit uh, yeah. Donald Trump do. I don't think we will have that. But that that still don't mean, you know, the country would be in a better place. That's true. But I also see Joe Biden when he talks off the cuff, like you can tell he got like either Alzheimer's or dementia or something, man. He'd be trailing off on his thought. He don't know what he's talking about sometimes. And that's embarrassing, too, because I don't know how mentally fit he is. He's an old guy now. Yeah. And luckily, Kamala's there to back him up in case some shit happens, I guess. But. Like, yeah. I don't even know how fit he is to be president, considering yeah. how he's been talking and sounding lately. So yeah. remember, Obama was uh, thinking about cutting bait with him at one point. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I, he I probably should have. Yeah, I don't know what ha- I, I guess for the second term, he was thinking about getting somebody else. And that 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 say a lot because you usually don't you usually see people running back with the same mm-hmm. vice president. But for and, for him to, you know, consider you know, cutting bait with him. That say a lot. And, um, and Biden always been this way too. This, this ain't nothing yeah. new. He always been loose at the lips, uh, slip up and cuss and little stuff like that. But at that time we thought it was funny. We thought, yeah, it was cool. exactly. Oh, he's like a little, little drunk <laughs> uncle Joe of, Biden yep, over here. He one of us, that type of thing. Yeah. But it, it's not cute now. It really isn't, man. You're talking about the leader of the country and you got Donald Trump and Joe Biden who, we used to make memes of him being drunk and crazy all the time, but now he's about, about to be the president too. So, <laughs> oh, it's just shitty all around, man. Honestly, and yeah. 
like we know there are people on the podcast who probably on both sides and probably already tuned us out at this point, but fuck it, yeah, man. We ain't yeah. picking sides here. We just saying like, it, it is just a fucking mess. <laughs> just a mess right now. So go ahead and vote, do all that shit you got to do. But yeah, this whole thing with Ice Cube and Ice Cube's the only reason really brought this up. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. November is going to be crazy. So everybody prepare. <laughs> it's gonna be wild it's right around the corner hopefully it is man think of people already voting right now so yeah yeah it's just gonna be crazy <laughs> so other things that happened getting off of politics now other shit that happened this week uh we gotta talk about uh cardi b and this is the last time i hope we talk about this fucking bullshit now yeah i'm never because talking I, about this again <laughs> this yeah, situation I, <laughs> We we got to wrap it up because now I think it's obvious we're just trying to get attention at this point. <laughs> and I feel bad for even falling into it because I should have known better, too. I know. We spent, we spent like a good 30, 45 minutes on yes. this bullshit, too. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was real this time. Yeah. Uh, so if you've been following along, uh, Cardi B filed for divorce from Offset. Uh, apparently, that's all out the window now. <laughs> apparently, they are back together again. And uh, there was a video of Offset doing some other shit. I guess he bought her like a, a Land Rover for her birthday or some shit like that, some kind of expensive car. <laughs> and now they're back together. Uh, Cardi B has been firing back at people, talking about she's an abusive relationship. She's basically saying that she's the abusive one here, which is crazy too. Yeah. But that's whole other topic in debate. But so basically, uh, Cardi B and Offset are back together. This was all. I don't, I, I don't know if it was just a stunt. Maybe she just felt some certain way someday. But I feel like if you file for divorce and then have a IG live about the divorce, and then the next week you back with the nigga, like <laughs> I, 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 I'm out of sympathy at this point, man. Yeah. Like if he if he cheat again, like oh well, yeah. you got to deal with it at this point. <laughs> so what do you think, man? Like, do you think it's real this time? Are they actually back together for good? Or do you think it's just going to keep happening forever and ever and ever? I think this is that type of relationship where um, I guess you, you see the girl get into the argument with the dude and she said, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. And then like a couple of weeks later, they back together. They good. <laughs> I think this is pretty much what it is because they, you know, they are married. They do have a kid together. So obviously you can't just break it off for good and not talk to each other ever again. This is to me, this is that prime example of, you know, I'm done with my baby daddy, but you really not done with your baby daddy. He always going to be there no matter what. So even if they do, you know, even if they are not together for real, for real, they always going to be together. It ain't going to be a thing where she done with them and that's it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I just got to take that for what it is. This ain't, I don't want to say this is like a uh, Jada and Will Smith situation, but because that's a whole nother topic. But, yeah. But um, I think this is a classic, you know, this is my baby daddy, and I'm, you know, we done, for real, for real, we done. But then, you know, next week, oh, we back together. We We good now, we good. I think that's what it is. But the, I think the funniest part about all of this is um, during the time when the report came out with 
where she said she was filing for divorce. Mm-hmm. All of these girls out here talk, uh, laughing at her or getting on us for making the WAP jokes and defending Cardi and saying, oh, yeah, you know, he ain't shit and blah, 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 blah. And she right back with him. So now yep. it's it been super quiet on these Twitter sh- streets. <laughs> it's just, see, I'm like, man, that's why, that's why we was making these jokes. Like, we don't care about this shit. This, this is all fun and jokes. And y'all, y'all done got up in arms about this shit for her to go right back to him and be good. <laughs> and, and yeah, she admitted during this whole time that they just have a dysfunctional relationship. And she, had, she, it sounded like she took a lot of the blame when she was explaining this shit. She was saying like she's the one who be hitting him. She's the one who be screaming and acting an ass. And so. My, I don't care that she took him back because, I mean, this shit happens all the time, man, you know, yeah. and we all get sucked into it when our homegirl or somebody we know starts yeah. crying and says, I'm done mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And you like, OK, well, fuck him then, you know, yeah. <laughs> and next thing you, don't, you don't need that. man. Yep. Next thing you know, he you know. right back at the cookout. Exactly. And you look <laughs> super stupid now. Yeah. So you ready to fucking end his life. <laughs> and now she's like, oh, we good now. Can you, can you make him a plate? And you're like, I ain't making this nigga no plate. <laughs> yes. And now suddenly y'all got beef because you was talking all this shit about him too. And now they back together. And now you on the outside because you like, this was probably might've been your homeboy too. Yeah. But you, you, <laughs> you sided with her <laughs> and now you just ass out. Yeah. So uh, I don't care that she took him back. I, I do think it's annoying how she kind of mocked people who were saying that, she's in an abusive relationship and she was like making fun, like saying it's none of their business. Fair enough. But you better not ever try for sympathy again. You better not make no songs about this nigga breaking your heart. You better not make no more IG lives about getting cheated on. It's none of our business now. Remember mm-hmm. none of our business. So if this nigga hits you, if this nigga does anything, remember what you said here, that it ain't our business about yeah. your relationship. And keep us out of it from now on. Don't try to sell no records because of it. Don't try to get no more IG live uh, crying and shit. Like, we don't want to. I feel like you have. It's kind of like how August Alcina, we we saw him as a victim. But mm-hmm. then he made the song, Entanglements. And now it's like, okay, if you profit off it, then you are no longer a victim. Because you are yeah. owning it now. Mm-hmm. So, you better not get on no more podcasts and talk about how you were hurt and yeah. it all, all fucked up because of it, because now you're making songs on it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this. Like if you're going to mock people for saying you're in an abusive relationship, then you no, know, no more sympathy in terms of your relationship. Now, yeah. you know, it's over. You've used up that credit and mm-hmm. it, it's gone. Now I don't want to hear it no more. I don't care what this nigga does. I don't care if you run over you with a car. <laughs> like yeah. you, you, you said it's none of our business. So fuck it. That's why I'm saying it's our last time talking about this shit on the podcast. Yeah, I don't care what she says anymore. <laughs> uh, it's none of our business. Yeah. So I'm out of it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that's man. And I, I, I should know too because I'm like, man, like you can't really invest in this type of stuff. If it yeah. happened, it happened, and you know, just keep it moving. But. Like I should have knew this was coming, man. We shouldn't even spend <laughs> we spent way too much time on that shit, man. 
Yeah, we, we shouldn't even give it the time of day. Yeah, but I, I mean, it just seemed different because she actually filed for divorce. If and she TMZ just said reported. on Instagram or tweeted that I'm broken up with him, we would have been like, we would have passed by it. But she yeah. filed TM- for divorce. TMZ reported it. Yes. <laughs> so that's what that's what got me. Whenever TMZ come out the woodworks, then it's like, oh shit, like this is real. Yeah, and she tried to do it on the low without a statement too. That's what threw me off because I'm like, okay, maybe it's real this time, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, la- la- you fool me once, fool me twice. I've been fooled three times now, so I'm done. Yeah. I learned my lesson. No more Cardi B and Offset talk on the podcast. We are done. <laughs> the Gems and Juice Podcast presents. Check one, two. And we also have a very, very special guest joining us today. The Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Brought to you by Sky Lab Studios. Book your studio session now at skylabhouston.com. Attention, gemstones and juices. Are you an artist, producer, or podcast looking for a professional and private recording studio? Have you been struggling to find the right engineer to record, mix, and master your projects? Well, you're in luck, fellas. Created by audio engineer and music producer Micah Dowie, Skylab Studios Houston is located in the Galleria area of Houston, Texas, and provides a great recording experience while overlooking the city skyline. <laughs> hey, I gotta say, man, I, I was there not that long ago, man. It, it's, 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 it's worth it, man. <laughs> it's really worth it. I was, it's a clean spot, man. It is. I was, I was so close to saying, man, just you know, cut the computer on, let me record something. I started to break out the uh, the hard drive and you know go through some songs and re- uh, record okay. some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it really is a good vibe. It's a good it's a good view. And um, yeah, if you book book a session with him, man, you you'll definitely feel a vibe. Yeah, it's a cool spot, man. We ain't just saying that. We've seen it. Vicky been there in person, so we we ain't gonna put our name on something that we don't believe in, man. And we telling y'all this is a dope studio setup. So please visit SkylabHouston.com and hit the Book Now button for session availability. Follow Skylab Studio Houston on Instagram at SkylabHTX for more info. And they do podcasts too. So if you got a podcast, head over to Skylab Studios and uh, you can record your podcast overlooking the sky. Yeah, I always tell people, man, you had the early hungry Gucci, man. Like Gucci, yeah, I he, had that. He's still yeah. a legend now, but he was hungry on this. Yeah, you can hear it in him. Yeah, you can hear it in his voice. Yeah. Oh, Gucci has a nigga, dog. You can hear it. You can hear it though. The song, man. He that gave, bitch is before his time. He gave you the ad libs and everything, man. The classic ad libs. Gave me everything. <laughs> How did y'all link up like that, man? Because this was like 06, 05? This was 08. 08? Okay. That was yeah, that was 2008. I linked up with him. He had came up here to do a show. 
And uh, the nigga, uh, my, my manager at the time, Sam from Nooks, he blew down on him uh, prior to the uh, his show. We went through, what's his name? Paul Stewart, Big Tall Paul. So we hit up Paul. Paul like, look, man, I'm going to link y'all right in with him. Boom, boom, boom. So Gucci gave us a set price on, well, we talked to Mama Deb. That's who we talked to. And she was like, you know, people up here, they keep saying, like, you know, they want a verse from Gucci, but they'll never fall through. So Sam, like, no, like, my dude, he's serious. Like, we don't play no games. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Well, however y'all want us to do it, we'll do it. So um, the end, long story short, they end up going to the show. So Sam, like, look, man, we going to go down there to the show. So we go down there to the show. I got the bread on me. We go, we go to the his section and shit. And uh Sam introduced me, like, yeah, this is, I'm put I'm up and like, okay, yeah, look, this is what we about to do. Like, this is what I we gonna we can knock this shit out now, right after the show, or we can go. I'm like, nigga, I'm serious. He like, oh no, man. He like, I fuck with it. he like, man, come on stage with me and shit. Oh shit. And, and all Damn. it was instant instantly. He like, man, I fuck, come on stage with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't bullshitting. Whatever, whatever, we go on stage with him and shit. I kick it on stage with him. He like, man, we gonna knock that shit out tomorrow. I'm like, all right, bet. So the next morning, they call. We we like, we gonna go to Fatty Bank Studio. We go to Fatty Studio and shit. And uh, we he like, I, JP cooked the beat up. He like, I already know where you wanna go. I'm like, shit, we I made the hookup on the way to the studio. <laughs> and he like, uh, he like, I, I let him hear the hook. He like, oh yeah, I already know where you wanna go. He like. He like, turn the beat on. He went in that bitch, no pen, no pad. <laughs> made that shit up as he went along and shit. Did the ad-lib. He like, I'm going to do the ad-libs and through the hook. He did the ad-libs through the hook. Made that shit up as he went along. And then it led on to something. We went outside and I was like, look, man, this is, we. I'm trying to do something else. Like, this, this shit cool, but uh, what's up with that shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he 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 read between the lines. He like, I mean, if y'all can read between, he like, nigga, calm down. <laughs> so uh, you know, we we get the we we kicking in and shit over the phone, and, and you know, we talking and shit, communicating and shit. So he like, man, I'm about to shoot the street nigga video. He like, come down for the street nigga video. I'm like, fuck it. I tell my nigga Jay Reese, I'm like, man, fuck it. We going to the street. We about to go down there and fuck with Gucci and shit. So. We jump in the car. He like, y'all niggas coming down? I'm like, yeah, we got, we about to come down. We jump in the car. We drive down there. We text him like, where you at? He like, shit. I'm, we, we like, we down here. Mm. He like, shit, I'm at such and such, such and such. He like, pull up. And he gave us the address. We shoot over there. We pull up. He like, damn, I thought y'all niggas was bullshit. He like, I fuck with y'all niggas, man. He like, I thought y'all niggas was going to spend this is, me, man. this in Atlanta? Yeah, we, we drove, to Atlanta. We drove to Atlanta like a couple weeks later. Damn. So we drove down to the, to the A and shit, and you know he's shooting a street nigga video. I'm in a street nigga video. I didn't even know that. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah, I'm in a street nigga video. <laughs> yeah. So we we doing a street nigga video and shit, and he did a hood to hood uh, interview where he freestyling. He got the Bar Simpson chain on, and mm. Walker standing right behind him. <laughs> I had a gold Desert Eagle. Walker had my gold Desert Eagle in his Gucci little duffel bag and shit. <laughs> and he had his hand in there doing like this. But I'm standing on the other side of the camera watching them perform and shit. So I was down there Damn. for that little classic little hood to hood interview he did too. But 
Nigga, we we was rocking. We was rocking ever since then, though, man. The nigga was that nigga a real nigga, man. I fuck with dude. That's a dope story, man. And that 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 really was classic vintage Gucci, man. With the with the Bart Simpson chain, with the Waka Flocka. That was one of yeah. the good old days, man. Yeah, mm. hell yeah, yeah. That and was, that's that also that's also something that was kind of unique to Southern rappers too, because I always felt like you know in the early days of hip hop. You couldn't just go to the biggest stars and ask them for a verse or pay mm-hmm. them whatever and then get a verse. Like they were very, there was very Hollywood with it sometimes, you know, especially the New York people. Like you could just go to Nas and get a, a verse from Nas. But mm-hmm. Southern rappers, man, like Gucci Mane will do a verse for anybody, you know, mm-hmm. as long as he fuck with you. Same thing with Houston rappers. Like, you know, when we were doing it big with Slim Thug, Paul Wall, you could walk up to them and ask them. Like, you could, they, they would be cool with it to cut you off with a verse. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was something really unique about Southern Yeah, rappers, that man, shit, that shit, that, that's real. That's called, that's that Southern hospitality. Yeah, that's my bad. We didn't, we, we didn't do the introductions yet. We got caught up in the stories, man. So uh, <laughs> let's roll it back a little bit, roll it back a little bit and, uh, so this is our next edition of the Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Uh, we have a, uh, a special guest, another special guest joining us again today. Uh, good friend of Figgy's also as well. Um, this man goes by the name of RTN Shank. So appreciate having you on the show, man. And first off, before we get started, I want to know, like, how, Figgy, how'd you meet RTN Shank? How'd y'all meet back in the day? Um. I, I, I always knew who Shank was back in the day because, you know, obviously the song and all that, but um, pretty much where I grew up, man. I, I grew up off of 123rd and Lindacrave, and um, he used to always come around. I, I, I remember he, um, I want to say he did a couple shows, and we showed up, and we was all, like, cool. And uh, mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember, remember coming to the apartment in Bedford and all that shit. Uh, yeah, early yeah. in the mornings, <laughs> we ride the Walmart and all that other shit. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, Shank always been around. Okay, okay. So, so how'd you get into rapping, man? I want to know that too. Like how? Because I know Figgy was in the game too. For he says he's retired, but I think we go bring him out of retirement sooner or later. <laughs> but uh, Shank, how how'd you get into hip hop, and, and how how'd that journey start for you, man? Man, when I was young, right. I think I was like, I was like 11 years old, and my mom, this, my mom got got killed and shit, right? But I always heard, you know, everybody used to always tell me that my mom used to rap, she used to rock shows, you know what I'm saying? She used to stay across the street from Curtis Blow. They used to freestyle together, oh, all wow. this shit, because I'm from New York, so you know what I'm saying? So uh, when she got killed, I found a letter that she wrote to my uncle. And uh, she was rapping. She wrote him a rap. So she it was like kind of like a diss song kind of rap. She was dissing him a little bit, but she was popping her shit. So I'm reading it. I don't, it was crazy. Is I don't, I lost the fucking letter, man. You know what I'm saying? I lost the, the letter. She was writing him in the jail, in jail and shit. So um, I read that, boom, boom, boom. So after that transpired, I was 11 years old. I tried to write a rap at like 12, 13, but it was, it was terrible. So, uh, after that, uh, I used to rap East Coast nigga shit that was already out, that was underground. Like in high school, I was around like in the 12th, 11th grade, 11th, 12th grade in high school. And you know, they niggas would have a cypher in the auditorium. 
So I'll be in there spitting in the auditorium, but I'll be rapping Beanie Siegel verse off of <laughs> underground DJ Clue mixtape. <laughs> so everybody like, damn, that nigga shanked, that nigga can rap. You know what I'm saying? But I'm rapping like half a meal. See, people ain't hip to these niggas. Like half a meal, nature, uh, uh, what a nigga named Journalist, and Fab when he was with the Desert Storm crew. You know, I used to have all they mixtapes, so I would remember they shit and go to school and rap they shit. So this dude named Tony, he used to, he was the rapper of the school. Like everybody knew him from rapping. Like, oh yeah, Tony hot man. You know, you if you talk about a rapper, you are gonna talk about Tony. So Tony didn't like that I was getting this recognition, mm-hmm. but he didn't know that I was rapping other people's shit neither. So he took it upon himself to diss me. So I'm like, man, what the fuck? So the, the nigga Tony dissed me, come to school, they play it, they're like, man, you heard the shit that Tony said about you, da, 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 then the song and shit. So I'm like, man, I go back to the projects, cause I'm from the Valley and shit, this projects in Cleveland. I go back to the projects like, hey man, this nigga just made a diss song about me, man. Let's go back to the school, at the school and tune this nigga up. Let's, let's whoop him, let's jump him. He a big dude. But that's what we used to do back in the day. We jump shit. The project niggas, we was known for jumping shit. That's what we do. We jump niggas. So I'm like, all right, bet. We about to go up to the school and jump. They like, no, 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 no. This what we've been waiting on. Let's diss him back. Let's get back. Because everybody in the projects, they was rapping. I wasn't a rapper. I would try to try to fit in. But them niggas was the real rappers, though. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of inspired me, too. So they like, no, man, we about to diss this nigga. So I'm like, fuck it. So I go write a rap. Before I write the diss song, I write a song with my nigga Lenny. So Lenny write, write his verse. I'm writing the verse. It was to this song, Killer Priest, called For My Thugs or some shit like that. It was to that beat. So when I rap this shit, Lenny looking at me like, he like, damn, man, how the fuck you just come up with that, man? So I'm like, what you mean? Like, what, what you mean? He like, nigga, that shit hard as fuck. He like, rap it again. He like, man, I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna write this rap my verse. I'm about to do another one. So instantly I'm like, damn, like I can rap. So now that gave me the courage to write this diss song on the Tony nigga. So now I go write the diss song, put it on the ether beat. We diss them to the ether beat. We go record it. <laughs> and so I took the bitch back to school. It was like towards the end of school, you know what I'm saying? Like the end of the school year. So people was barely there as far as like the teachers and shit. So I walked up in his class. He was in the classroom with his mom. I walked up in the class. They had this, we had the bitch on CD. I put the bitch in the CD player, slammed it, played it in front of him and his mama. Like, Take that motherfucker. I'm on his ass too on there. I'm on his ass on that bitch. And everybody, now everybody talking like, damn, you heard Shane? Like that nigga can rap. He dissed Tony. And the, so that's what gave me the confidence to keep rapping. Now, I done wrote some Jake shit in between, you know what I'm saying, finding my niche. But ever, actually, you know, then I took it serious in 06. I took it serious in 06, 05, 06. And I got lucky with a manager and the bitch I'm from Cleveland um, mixtape. And I wrote Rep My Hood. And um, I wrote Rep My Hood and Money on the Floor. And it was it was on from there. It just it just took off. Like I just was lucky. You know what I'm saying? 
plus everybody knew me and shit. So I was known for other shit. You know what I'm saying? For some, you know, for some other shit. I was known for that. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't hard for me to get my music to everybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody knew me. Like I was kind of already popular for other doing other shit. So it just it just it just worked out. It just worked out for me, man. Like that's how that's that's actually how it all began and so I never even never even really told nobody that shit. Yeah. But that's how it all really <laughs> that's how it all really transpired from me reading that letter from my mom, knowing that she uh rap to rapping other people's shit to writing my own shit, the little Jake shit in between time, <laughs> then the bitch I'm from Cleveland meeting DJ EV and my manager Sam and all that shit, and it just took off. It, it, it I, I ended up being in the loop with the whole Cleveland underground scene. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that mix. That whole bitch I'm from Cleveland shit. With, well, who I forgot the DJ uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. That's, uh, no, that was EV made that. Oh really? Oh, okay. EV made yeah. EV made the bitch I'm from Cleveland. It was originally supposed to be. Chip's album. Chip made a his yeah. album was gonna be called King, Bitch I'm from Cleveland. Chip, but yeah. Chip was like, yeah, Chip the Ripper. He like, man, I want it to be everybody from Cleveland, like a whole Cleveland mixtape, not just my mixtape. Let's do it like that. And you know, he he EV took it upon himself to you know find the artist to put on there and whatever, whatever. And that shit just jade off. That bitch was crazy. Damn. Yeah, and then we did the concert. We did a bitch out from Cleveland concert, and it was crazy. You know, it, it's like that whole music scene in that era, man. That shit was phenomenal, man. That shit yeah. was we had never get that back. Yeah, what what do you think the problem is now? Because I I'm, I, I ain't gonna lie, I don't know the temperature of the uh, music in Cleveland now, but what do you think the problem was? Because that was a good time. That that was a good era uh, as far as Cleveland music, but. What do you think the problem is with it now? Originality. Mm. Now, that's what I see. Because I see everybody trying to rap like other people. It be hot, but niggas rapping like Detroit rappers. Everybody rapping mm. like they from Detroit and Cleveland, mainly. That's what I'm hearing. Maybe, you know, it's people that rap different. But from what I see, like when they tell me to come listen to their music, when I listen to their music, I hear this. As soon as I hear that Detroit vibe, I don't even give it a chance. Yeah. Because it's that it's not that ain't that ain't us. Like I don't want that's just me. I wanna hear somebody from Cleveland rap like they from Cleveland, man. Like we got our own love, you know what I'm saying? We got our own shit going on. Like we got our own style. So, you know, like how the capping shit was. Yeah. We had our own style. We had our own ways. So people was listening to that because we had an identity. Now Cleveland don't have an identity. So yeah. it's hard for people to embrace something that sound like Ice Red Vezo or like, damn, you sound like... That's what I think. That's just my opinion, though. I could be wrong, you know, but that's just my opinion, though. I think people not embracing it because it just sound like it don't sound authentic. You could be talking some real shit. You could be a real street nigga or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But if it's sounding like somebody else, like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm I'm cool. I I really can't, I don't, I don't dig that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't feel it. So I think that's probably what's wrong now. 
That's actually kind of want to ask you too, because I, I have a hard time trying to pin down like what the Cleveland sound is. Cause I know a lot of, a good number of Cleveland rappers, but they all kind of sound different. You know, everybody know Bone Thugs, everybody know Kid Cudi, you mentioned Chip the Ripper. So, so who was your inspiration? You mentioned some New York rappers, but who was your inspiration? Cause everybody in the beginning has some people that, you know, they admire and kind of want to sound like before they kind of find their own voice. So who were your inspirations when you were first getting into rap? Uh, Half a Mill, AZ. Um, AZ was my favorite rapper. AZ and Shine, them two was my favorite rappers. And Half a Mill was too, though. And uh, let me see, who else was T.I.? I like T.I. But I, it, I was more East Coast, like Mob Deep. Um, I was a big Prodigy fan. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, this guy named Littles. You Littles, they don't even know Littles. It's just so underground that yeah. you know what I'm saying. These dudes. It, oh, and the Locks. I listened to the Locks a lot. I listened to a lot of Fabulous. Those were my inspiration. It wasn't really nobody from the South that I was inspired by, but uh, Cash Money. Everybody from Cash Money. Hot mm-hmm. Boys. Yeah. Birdman, all that shit. I listened to all that shit. Like those, them, them. That was my southern choice of uh, music to listen to, or Ti, or Young Dro. I fuck with Young Dro too. But all of them people, they were my inspiration. All of them people, like in one block, in one pot. You mix them up, you know, like gumbo, boom, <laughs> and then you you spit me out. You know what I'm saying? But I, I had the same problem that people. Nowadays, got in Cleveland, like I was trying to sound like Lil Wayne a lot, and then I found my own voice and my own, you know, style. My whole, I just got my dude Casa. He he got me in tune with being myself. Shout out to Casa, man. Casa is dope and underrated, man. (laughs) Yeah, 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 y'all. He got he really got me in tune with being myself and finding myself and helping me. He never he said little shit, but I watched him as far as in the studio goes. Like I watched and mimicked a lot of things from him. And you know, I just took it and put my own spin on it. And I came up with with with, with Shank, with young Shank. Mm. And then I found my identity. JP did JP helped me a lot too though. JP, JP the producer, JP did this one. He helped me a lot too, man. So shout out to JP, but that's what that's that shit. That's what that's that was my inspiration though. That was that was what was it. That's what it was. Yeah. So I gotta ask you this, man, because um we was talking about Gucci earlier. Now it was wording on the street that he was trying to sign you to I don't know if it was so icy or uh 1017 Brit Squad. I think it was ten seventeen. It was ten seventeen. What happened? And, um, with, yeah, what happened with that? I, I ain't want to do it because of uh, JP. I was me and JP had this producer artist thing going on, right? Mm. So I'm like, man, I can't go nowhere if I don't want to bring J. If I can't bring JP, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Walker was like, man, y'all niggas could be ten seventeen up. North, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all could represent that and da da da. And I had the song with Gucci. Waka had it on his MySpace page. 
They all had it on their watch MySpace page. They was fucking with me. But I can't. I'm such a loyal dude. I can't do that to JP. Me and JP put in a lot of work. And then these guys up here called 40 Watts, they tried to sign me. You know what I'm saying? So 40 Watts tried to sign me. But then again, I brought JP to the table. Like, look, man, me and him did a lot of production together. And da, 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 da. then they tried to milk 40 Watts for the studio time, beats, and all that shit. They like, damn, man, if we want to buy him from y'all, I mind you, I never even signed no contract with JP or nothing. I just was loyal. Yeah. So they like, damn, it's going to take over 100000 for me to get you. They talking about studio time cost this much, the beats cost this much, and we want to own all this shit. So damn, I'm like, damn. Mm. I ain't even know it. Like, I'm just trying to keep it 100 and do business the right way and bring JP on board. But now they talking this crazy amount of money. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So 40 watts fell back. They're like, I, it ain't nothing I can do. Like, we don't, we don't want to. That shit, like, they, that shit a headache. So then, next thing you know, me and JP continue to work until our relationship just, he's still cool, like, that's my nigga. But we just, it just fell, it just fell, it just fell off, fell apart. Now, I still got my loyalty or, you know what I'm saying, the fact that I was being loyal, but at the same time, I probably could have been further in my career if I wouldn't have been loyal. So it's like, this is the music game. Being loyal, it don't get you no motherfucking word. You gotta be for yourself in this shit. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't gonna be for yourself in this shit, then you you gonna have a hard time, man. So that's my advice, nigga. Be, it's for your, be for yourself, man. Yeah, that's that's crazy because I used to always tell people like, man, Shank is the only one to me that could that should have been way further than he is now, and I, mm-hmm. and I, I think that is true, man. Like, I I feel like, I guess being a good person, it kind of don't really get you nowhere. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, he a real nigga. That's a real nigga. But that's it. Yeah, but. It, sometimes it really holds you back. You really, if you look at all mm-hmm. the people that moved out of Cleveland, they actually had to step away from the certain people to get further. Look at MGK. Look at Chip. Like all them dudes yep. had to actually step away from the city to you know mm-hmm. further their career. Mm-hmm. Even Ray Cash, he left and got on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he left and got on and came back, everybody like, who the fuck is that? He ain't, who the, where the fuck he come from? <laughs> but he really was from Cleveland. He just left and got on. Yeah. Yeah. You know and, and, so. and honestly, man, the city's so small. Like, I didn't realize how small Cleveland was as far as the market until I moved to Houston. Because, like, here in Houston, they got, like, two or three different rap stations. Like, everybody in competition. It's, it's a lot to choose from. But in Cleveland... It's like, I mean, you know, it's the one DJ you got to go to if you want your song on the yep. radio. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he could do yep. whatever he want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yep. you got to pretty yep. much suck him off to, you know, try to get your shit played mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. But, you can't even you can't even pay some of these niggas, man. Yeah. You can't even come up like, man, I got this amount of money, man. Play my shit on. The, they don't even respect that. Like, I don't even, I don't know what the fuck they respect shit here man i don't i don't know what direct if 
if a nigga asks me like, hey man, what direction I need to go, man, to get on in Cleveland, man? What 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 could I do? How can I get my shit to the DJs? I'd be like, man, I don't know what the fuck you gonna do, bro. Like you <laughs> you just gotta. I, I, I'm assuming you just you gotta make them see you, or make them like you or something. I have no idea, man. Yeah, I don't know. I I know that everybody music ain't raw, so you're not gonna play shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to play everything that somebody bring you because some niggas be bringing you bullshit. Yeah. And you don't got to play it. But I've heard a lot of shit that's hard. Like, mm-hmm. to do Kimball. Remember him? He got killed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Why wasn't his shit being played until he died? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I never even heard of this dude until he died, man. Yeah. But he was hard as fuck. Yeah, but nobody knew until he died. Now everybody playing his music. Yeah. It's like so. What, if he was still alive, how much recognition would he really would have really got? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's super weird. I I tried to figure it out too. I feel like if you have like a certain type of feature, then you know you might get played at ten o'clock at night. But other than that, man. Like I, f- I feel like you got you really got to move out and get sh- get your shit going out of town, and then they will mm-hmm. see you doing your shit and find out you from Cleveland, you know mm-hmm. somebody like a uh, the baby, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, let's play his shit. Like this dude from exactly. Cleveland, it's like man, that dude ain't been in Cleveland since he was like nine years old, and now y'all want to exactly. <laughs> y'all y'all want to put that up on Brace the platinum. Yeah, man, that's that's I, I don't. <laughs> That shit crack because I go out of town. I was in LA recording a video. Just a just a video. I had people walking up to me like, man, that shit hard, man. I want to follow you on Instagram and da-da-da. What's your Snapchat? Da-da. Like, man, I want to see. And they still in contact with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this in LA though. Yeah. Like, damn, man. Are you serious though? Yeah. Like, but in my own hometown, uh, I don't know. Like, I Shit, I I don't know, man. Like it's it's confusing to me. That's why I just you know I do my own thing. It's it's a hobby for me now. Yeah, man. You, know what I'm you you just gotta step out, man. I don't know if you're looking into moving, but man, if you step out, man, you'll meet all type of different people and move in a different direction, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You see, yeah, that I, shit, I ain't that's... look back at all, man. I've been gone for four years. I I ain't never moving back to Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I, I feel you. I, I'm telling you, I feel you, man. <laughs> they dropping like flies out here, man. Our dude just got killed today. Who? This morning. Who? Money T. Oh, uh, wait, what? Money T got killed this morning, man. Oh, man, I ain't know that. Damn. Yeah, Money T got killed this morning on Linda Craig. Damn. I ain't know that. Yeah. Yep. That, yes, that's one of, like, and we was talking about it earlier. That's one of the dudes we used to go to your house with. Like we yeah. always Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was be he he was one of the pioneers. He, yeah. The main dude. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Damn, like, I ain't know that. Wow. Yeah, man. When you going one motherfucker's gonna step up and you know, like you gotta like leaving is sometimes the best thing to do from this motherfucker, man. Man. Like Seriously, hell yeah, man! It's shit real up here, man. Shit real. I stay. I I live so motherfucking far. I be falling asleep driving home <laughs> at night. Yeah, shit. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
That's crazy, man. Like, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that you sometimes you got to move out to uh, make the bigger moves because you would expect to get more love in your hometown and you usually do, but that, it's the same everywhere, man. Unless you're in a place like Atlanta, which seems like you can just be there and make it. But everybody, mm-hmm. even in Houston too, like everybody feels like they got to move out to make some major moves because they don't get the hometown love that they should get, you know, from mm-hmm. their people. So it's unfortunate, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you got to move away to make a way though. You yeah, know what I'm for sure. This is what it is. Now, uh, now you you did mention before the podcast talking to Figgy, uh, you you had done some time in 2016. Uh, I don't want to be all Vlad TV with it and, and <laughs> investigating. Say, what did you do exactly? But no, uh, no it's cool. <laughs> it's over with. <laughs> they, 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 they the hanging was there. Huh? They got me. Shit. <laughs> so so how, how, what? We're glad to see you now, uh, free man. Of course, dripped out. Making us look broke over here with a rollie and a robe. I, I see you, man. So man. it's good to see you thriving and out now. But what what, what exactly? What, what kind of happened there? And what, what was that journey like? And what was it like getting out and and finally being free again? Crazy, man. The the whole out. Honestly, I just was ready to go to jail and put that shit behind me because I was the case was just lingering over my head for so fucking long, you know, and I was already on, I was on probation for five years because I'm fucking with a nigga from Atlanta. He was bringing weed up here. He get jammed up and told him that the shit was mine. Oh man. He, my whole little joint, you know what I'm saying? This who I, this who, he the man, he the man. Mm. He'd get jammed up, tell him it's mine. I said, oh, mm. Lord, Lord, have mercy. What the fuck out of got about that? And I knew that he told, because when they had me in the back of the police car and they went and got him, and when they brought him out, he was crying already. Mm. This nigga, a grown man, he crying like a motherfucker. I'm laughing. I'm like, this nigga crying. <laughs> so then... <laughs> The police like, man, we already know what's going on, man. Da, 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 da. I said, man, I don't know what y'all talking about. They like, man, look, if you just give us a statement, man, we'll let you. I said, man, ah, that shit ain't mine. They like, so you saying this here? I said, listen, I'm not saying that shit here because I don't know him. But that shit ain't mine. That's what I'm telling you. Y'all search my car. Y'all ain't find shit. Y'all trying to say some shit mine that y'all ain't found in my car? No. So they like, well, we somebody talking this. So I said, who's talking? They like, he said that all that shit yours. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> y'all really tripping out. I'm like, y'all really tripping out. Like that shit ain't mine. So long story short, they take me to jail. They like, uh, so I'm like, well, you know, we going to trial. They like, well, we'll see you at trial. I'm like, all right. Never even made it to trial because the case was some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? My lawyer ate ate their ass up. Cause I never went to that, went to his car. I never even had a chance to go to his car, nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So my lawyer ate that case up, but I got five years probation for it. Cause I had weed in my mouth. They gave me five years probation for tampering with evidence. And that was the weed that I had in my mouth. But I had a mean ass judge. Her name was Kathleen Satula. She's mean to the motherfucker. They call her one of the horsemen, four horsemen. You don't want to get one of the horsemen downtown Cleveland, man. If you get one of the horsemen, just 
get all your belongings, your affairs together and shit. Cause you going to jail. You going to jail. You know what I'm saying? So get everything you gotta do in order and before you go to court. Cause you're going to jail. But she gave me five years probation. So I ended up fucking up again with this new case. And um I was on my way to go meet abroad, man, at a uh at a motherfucking at a at a bar. And I was dirty. I had some weed. I had some pounds in the trunk. So, and I had a gun in the car and I had money on me. Knowing that I don't supposed to be riding like this, I was supposed to go take care, drop this shit off before I go meet this girl. I went to meet the girl anyway. I feel invincible. Fuck it, ain't nothing gonna happen. Man, I meet her, have some drinks, get on the freeway, leave her, leave from her, get on the freeway. My headlight went out. Mm. I'm in a newer Lexus. The headlight go out on the motherfucker, man. So the, as soon as I get off the freeway, I'm living in Kirkland, Ohio. It's like predominantly white people. It's all white people, basically. So when I get off the freeway, they pull me over instantly. Like, hey, man, uh, license and insurance. I give him my license and insurance. So now he stepped, he come back to the car. He like, uh, I smell weed, man, because you uh, step out the car. <laughs> Now, I know I got this shit in the car, man. So now I got to make an executive decision right now. <laughs> am I going to leave this nigga or am I going to just give it to him? Or am I going to make this nigga work for it? So I'm like, man, you. Don't, I'm looking right out the window at him just like that. I said, man, you don't smell no weed, man. <laughs> I'm just, I don't even know what made me say that. That's like the that's like the cops go to line though. I've been pulled over so many times and they said they smell weed and I don't even smoke. <laughs> like nobody smoking the car. That's weed. like a go to hey, line. But you don't understand the feeling that I got because at this moment I know there's no way around this shit. Yeah. I'm going to jail. It's on. The nigga say, I smell weed. He like, he stepped back and was like, could you take a step out the car? Man, I put that bitch in drive so fast, man. Oh, I pulled man. off on it. He like, oh, he like, oh man. shit, oh shit. The whole time I'm driving, I'm like, oh, I'm beating <laughs> on the damn, the glove box, the arm wrist thing. I'm like, fuck, You fuck, had the girl fuck, in the car fuck. too? No. Nah, oh, okay, okay, okay. I was dolo, but I got the gun in the car. And this was right around the time when police kept shooting everybody. Mm. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> I hit the corners. I hit a couple corners. Boom, boom, boom. I grabbed the gun, take the clip out the gun, toss the gun. Mm. Then I tossed the clip afterwards. Then I hit another corner and another corner and the car skid out. Mm. Er, boom. And it hit up, skid in somebody's grass. So I jump. I'm about to jump out. I'm like, fuck. I put the money in my pocket. I had him because on one of the turns, I turned the lights off. And he, I seen him keep going straight. So he had to back up and then come back down. So I had him. So when that car skid out, I stuffed my pockets with the money, reached in the back seat, pulled the bitch down and grabbed the pounds with the, um, there's like a garbage bag. So I jump out and I hear him like, now he on me. He like, stop, stop. Stop, freeze. I'm like, man, you got to work for this shit. I ain't going to get it to you, man. You got to do your job, man. <laughs> you got to do your job, man. I know I ain't got no gun on me. So 
you gotta do your job, man. I'm running. I hit the back, this this like the back of these houses and shit. So I'm running with the shit. And Lord behold, I fail. Mm. Out of all the shit I could do, <laughs> no nobody in sight of nothing. I fall. But when I fail, I bounce back up. And I still had the weed and shit. So I go around the building and throw the weed on the roof. And then I uh called this chick. I hid in somebody's bushes. I called this chick, my ex-girlfriend, Cashmere, man. That's my baby. I said, man, look, Kobe. I'm like, I'm like, man, I just ran from the police, man. I don't even know where I'm at. She's like, where you at? Where you at? I was like, man, I'm in somebody's yard. I'm by the library. She came and got me, picked me up, dropped me off. And then when she dropped me off, look at this, check this shit out. She come in with me though. When this time to drop me off, she come in my brother's house with me and shit. I'm pacing and shit. My stomach hurts. So I'm like, man, I got a shit. Cause I'm nervous. So I'm nervous. So I got a shit. So I'm, while I'm in there using the bathroom, guess what she doing? She going through my phone. Oh, oh man. Oh my God, man. She done went through my phone looking at my DMs and shit <laughs> and my text messages and shit. And while I'm using the bathroom, she like, Shane, guess where I'm at? I'm like, what? She's like, I'm in your phone. Mm. I don't even know if I wipe, bro. I jumped up off that motherfucking toilet and ran out the uh, door, grabbed my phone. She crying and shit. I'm like, damn, man, I just ran for the police. <laughs> she crying. Like, she didn't caught me doing some shit. Like, ah, this shit, it just was terrible. That whole little series of events was just horrible for me that night. I'm like, man, karma kicking my ass. I don't know what I did, but it's kicking my ass. But I ended up the next day, I ended up calling Pooh Gutter because I seen my weed still on the roof where I mm. threw it at. They ain't find it. So I called him and we went and got a ladder and shit, put the ladder up to the roof. He clammed up there. I gave him $400, four or $500. To go get my shit. He threw the weed down to me. We jumped, he jumped down. We run, but this big ass nigga told me to catch him. He's sitting on the roof with his feet swinging like this. Oh, and he shit. like this. He like, catch me. He like, catch I said, nigga, if you don't get your big ass down, man, you don't jump, nigga. I'm about to catch you, nigga. Crazy. So he jumped down and we ended up running this shit and got away with the shit, man. Then I went to turn myself in, man. I had to turn myself in, man. They gave me. Two years for that and 18 months for a uh, probation violation. So I ended up with three and a half years, man. Damn. So that, late, so, late Erie Correctional Institution. So that that was, I'm, I ain't trying to sound stupid, but that was kind of smart then. Because if you if you would have got caught then and there, you uh, you probably would have had more time, right? Mm-hmm. I probably would have got the same time, but I would have had less money. Cause they'd have had my weed, they would have had my money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like okay. I'd have been in a fucked up predicament. You know what I'm saying? Dang. So I probably would have got the same time, but I would have been in a, you know, a worse predicament than I already was in. So yeah, but that shit was real, man. Jail is real. Like nigga, I don't wish that shit on nobody. Jail is real. I knew it was real when I got the Lorraine Correctional Institution, <laughs> and we all came in off that bus. And we lined up against the wall and they told us to strip naked. It's 15, 20 of us in one mother, about 10, 15 of us in one room. Lined up against the wall. They said strip. 
I'm in that bitch like, man, the strip. It's niggas in here. Ain't nobody <laughs> brush their teeth. Nobody brush their teeth. It smells. It stink. Ain't niggas ain't, ain't took bath or nothing. Because we niggas was, niggas, well, a lot of niggas is nasty, man. You mm-hmm. found out when you go to jail that a lot of niggas that you see on the streets, they be in all this designer and all that shit. Them niggas is nasty, man. They don't <laughs> like to wash their ass. So we in the room, we land up against the wall. We got to strip all our clothes off naked and squat. And they looking in our ass and all type of shit, man. Not with their hands, but like with their eyes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit crazy, man. That was real. Then they shave your head. Yeah, and all that shit. They do you. They that shit real, man. They treat you like they treat you like an animal in that motherfucker. Man, that, that shit real. That, that's crazy. That jail shit real. Yeah, I was I was gonna get to that too, man. Because usually you you know how it is. You we you know we cool with people who keep going back and forth to jail. It seemed like you're not like that at all, man. You got out, and it seemed like you've been traveling more. You living life more. Seeing you working out. So, um, what mm-hmm. was the motivation? What was the motivation behind that? Just you know, at life after jail. My motivation was them bitches that did me wrong when I was in jail. They was acting like a nigga had life, mm-hmm. and all the mo- and all the people that was like, you know, was was acting a certain kind of way because I was locked up. I found out who was my real friends and who wasn't. So, and then I had time to sit and learn, like, where I was going wrong, the mistakes I was making when I was on the streets, why I couldn't never get over the hump, you know what I'm saying, why I couldn't meet the right girl, why I couldn't, you know what I'm saying, why my friends are always, and I'm like, damn, now I know what's up, and on top of that, bitch, you did me dirty. This bitch was talking smart and everything while I'm in the joint. You ain't never talked smart to me a day in your life. But I had one bitch tell me, watch your mouth. Mm. I'm talking to her and something. She's like, watch your mouth. I'm like, damn. I'm like, you know what? You right. I'm going to watch my mouth. Because you got it right now. But guess what? I'm working out. I look good. I look good in a motherfucking world. I'm ripped up. I ain't tripping. That was my motivation. I'm like, man, when I get out, when they see me, man, they gonna go crazy, man. I already know. You know what I'm saying? So when I when I, when 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 I finally got out, the chick that told me to watch my mouth, she had called my dude like, hey man, tell that nigga I said, um, to come home and have my baby. And now this, I've been out like a year already now, six months a year already. She like, tell that nigga, I said, come home and have my baby. I told my nigga, I said, tell that hoe, I said, watch her mouth. Mm. Straight like that. <laughs> Straight like that. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth, bitch. We ain't got nothing. We ain't, we ain't got nothing. Now, I don't call all women bitches, but she was a bitch. You mm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was a bitch, man. I ain't even gonna lie. But, you know, watch your mouth, man. I, you, you know that it ain't this, it, it ain't that, but that was my motivation, man. All them women that was doing me dirty, they didn't have kids. One chick had a kid came to visit me while she was pregnant. I didn't even know she was pregnant. She like, I just got something to tell you. She like, yeah, I'm pregnant by your friend. Oh, like, damn, <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant by a dude that's your friend, and the dude that's my friend. He hated on me 
to get the pussy. He basically told her all this dirty macking. That only, yeah. yeah, dirty. He was D macking. Yeah, yeah, D macking. Yeah. Dirty macking. Mm-hmm. Nigga, dirty macking told her all this shit about me. He get it. He he finally end up hitting her. He get her pregnant, and she came to to the to the to the visit room. And I'm like, damn, her. I'm thinking like her stomach looked funny, man. Like, man, what's up with that motherfucking stomach? So she like, man, I got something to tell you. Like, I'm pregnant. She like, but I don't want the baby. I don't want to be with him. I want to be with you and all of this shit. She like, I'm gonna get an abortion if you want me to get. I said, oh no, no, you got me. I'm not about to decide that for you and that man child. Like, nigga, is you crazy? But that's some shit that she said that just goes to show you how foul she was. You know what I'm saying? She asked me, do I want her to get an abortion for her and another nigga? Mm-hmm. What the, like what type of sh- this is the people that these is maggots man her name was maggot me and my dude we call her maggot like he'd be like who you coming to see you who coming to visit you today he'd be like maggot I'm like yeah this is the maggot coming up here you know what I'm saying it's just nonchalantly like that you know yeah this is the maggot so she ended up having she ended up getting an abortion or whatever and I just was like you know I, I don't want you then she meet another dude, get off my uh, visiting list and all that shit. But, you know, that just was motivating me even more. And when I came home, yeah, she tried too. So it, I just knew what it, I knew what it was going to be. So all of them, all of them, all of them bad things that was happening, it just made me stronger. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew when I came home, it was on because I had this mindset that I'm not going back to this shit no more. And I'm not about to be doing the same shit that I was doing when I was out the first time. So my mindset was completely different. Like I was a completely different shank when I came out. And I knew that. So, you know, I I, kind of motivated myself. Uh, I used that negative energy to create a positive. You know what I'm saying? That's good, man. That's actually really inspirational because a lot of people, you know, and I know people too, like they go to prison and they come out worse. You know, mm-hmm. they come out more in the underworld. They come out more determined. Like they basically like fuck life at this point. So that's mm-hmm. good. You had that motivation during that tough time to better yourself mm-hmm. and improve your situation, man. But I, I will say, man, honestly, I feel like you need a TV series on your life, dog, because these <laughs> stories, these stories have been more entertaining than the show Power, man. Like you need some kind of tv series or something because you you have a crazy story man and that's really entertaining but also pretty inspirational man so Mm -hmm. that's wild yeah that shit was that shit was that shit was crazy man that was a hell of an experience for me and for my family because and usually i'm the one that you know provide for my family you know i don't got no kids but i got brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and they always look to me for advice financial you know if they in the financial bond and everything but they didn't have me you know what i'm saying they didn't have me at the time i was i was gone so it wasn't really nothing i can do for them at that time so it that kind of helped me too but when i came home i didn't have shit like they gave me um uh my my uncle gave me a thousand dollars in a 98 honda and my uh my nigga Ray gave me two thousand dollars. So that was my that was my 
That was my jump start. I had three thousand dollars, but I I needed all that shit to fit to buy clothes and coats and shit. I used that to buy coats and, and clothes because I was so skinny. I was only 190, 186 pounds. Damn. I'm used to being two twenty eight. You know what I'm saying? So me being 198 pounds now, I mean 190 pounds now, I need all new everything. Cause mm-hmm. in jail, it wasn't nothing to do but work out all day, every day. So events, I just shredded. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just was so fucking skinny, man. So when I came <laughs> home, I didn't even look like the same person no more. <laughs> I looked, I was little. So, you know, but I do appreciate them for doing that for me. I, I ain't complaining nothing. I just was like, hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. I ended up using that shit for what I had to use it for. And then I was broke. Like, I ain't had shit. My cousin Dre Prada called me, man. I was on the phone with this nigga. This was this was June 2019. June 2019. About, yeah, like eight, May or June 2019. I'm on the phone with him. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, Unc turned his back on me. This is the only person that I can go to when to get something so I can make some money with or, or do anything. He turned his back on me and said he ain't fucking with me no more because of somebody else in our family did something to him. So he held me liable for that shit when I didn't even have no knowledge of what was going on. Mm. So I'm like, fuck it. Now I ain't got him. I don't have nobody. And I'm caught talking to my cousin, Dre Prada. I'm like, I'm damn near in tears. Like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, man. I'm like, man, I'm about to go get a job. Like, man, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't be out here living like this, man. I got five, $600 to my name. So I'm about, I got to go get a job. And then my dude pulled up, big, you know him. I can't say his name, but he pulled up. He like, man, what you, I'm like, man, I got five, $600, man. He like, man. He like, look, man, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna help you out, man, and da da da. So he ended up helping me, and now I'm here where I'm at now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I took, I took his advice and all that shit, and I ended up doing what I'm, you know, doing what I had to do and making my investments, and, and I made it work. And I told, I chose not to, you know, ever do that shit again, man. Go that route again. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, man. man. So now, yeah, now I'm like, you know, I ain't asked nobody for shit. I took my own little cash that I had and did what I had to do with that shit with him. So, and I was able to step up and, you know, make my investments and and make it work, man. So that's that. That shit was real, man. And that was a, I swear, man, that was a a life turning, life changing moment, man. When I when I was talking to him on the phone and I ain't had nowhere to go. Damn. And you know what I'm saying? I had to make something happen. And he told me, he like, man, this ain't like you, man. He like, man, you better get out there and make something happen, man. Like, you gotta do something. Like, like man, I'm gonna go get a job. Fuck it. I ain't got no shit, nigga. In jail, we was working for twenty dollars a month. You think I ain't about to come out here and work for ten, fifteen dollars an hour? <laughs> and I was just making twenty dollars a month in jail. You yeah. got me fucked up. I ain't my pride. Ain't, the pride gone. Pride <laughs> gone when I had to strip in front of these niggas on the wall. That mm-hmm. was my pride right there. It left right there, right then and there. So yeah. I, ain't, I ain't, I don't give a fuck about working no job. I go work a job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, damn. It, yeah, see, it's good to see you like that, man. Because a lot of dudes, they they're not like that. They, it seemed like they cool with going to jail. 
cool going in and out to jail and like yeah. I always said that to me that's never cool man it's, it's to me it's more embarrassing to have to it's you know go to jail man. like that so it, it's good to see it's, you with a mindset like this yeah yeah it's embarrassing being in jail don't let no nigga tell you that oh man if a nigga tell you that man I was in jail nigga it was man we was doing this man I don't give a fuck about going to jail he's a fucking idiot man don't never take no advice from eliminate him out your circle. He ain't good, he bad for the environment because jail is a evil negative place, man. Like that that shit that shit it'll suck you in. Like I found myself being negative. It was a nigga, I don't even know this dude. He walking through the yard. I'm just like, man, I don't like that nigga. I don't even know him. We ain't never said two words to each other. Mm. But the energy that jail that that jail gives you is just is negative and I'm like, man, I don't like that nigga. And we fighting over phones, like who get rotation on the on the on the on the jail phone. This shit ain't even ours. Niggas mm-hmm. getting beat up over soups and shit. They value small and petty things. You know what I'm saying? So if if that's your mindset that you can keep going back and being in that environment and you content with that, then me and you can no longer be friends. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Because yeah. the jail is embarrassing, man. You need everybody. You need you you depend on everybody for everything, man, and you yeah. put that pressure on your loved ones, man. And if you content, if you if you good with that, then man, you you less of a man, man. For sure, you can't you can't be you can't be complacent with that kind of that kind of environment, man. You can't you can't. Man, you're you right, and that's kind of why I feel like unusually long prison sentences are like cruel and unusual punishment for people. Because unless you killed somebody, like doing a 20-year bid, there's no way you're going to come out and be a normal person doing 20 years in prison, man. You did three, and you said it changed you then, you know, when you were in there thinking negative. Think of somebody did 10, 15, 20 years, man. There's no way you can come back to the regular world and be normal, man. It's not going to happen. You indoctrinated at that point. Yeah, it's called ISTE. Institutionalized. You institutionalized, man. I was institutionalized for three years. Yeah. I was institutionalized, man. Like everything, when I first came home, it was like everything that I was doing or seeing, like I was, like people, if somebody too close to me and shit, I'm watching them. Or like I'm I'm watching everybody around me and I'm not, I don't trust people. But it's like, I'm free, man. I ain't got to think like that no more. But like now I'm I'm just like, damn, what the, what the, this nigga on? Like, is he trying to, was was you know what I'm saying? Was his motive, but you know at the same time, I was there for so long, and then like when you're there for so long and you wake up and see these people every day, yep. they become your brothers. Mm. So when I left, I cried because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't bring these niggas with me because mm-hmm. they was my brothers, man. Like these niggas, I woke up and see these niggas every day for three years. We shared food when I when they had nothing, I gave them. Food. When I ain't had no food, they gave me food. When if some J off, they right there, they got my back. Football games, basketball games, you know what I'm saying? Church. Why we watching football games? Like you, you, you become blood, man. Like y'all, y'all become in sync, man. I, I was like attached to these dudes. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of the dudes that I was attached to had life. Like they yeah. had long, a long ass time, like at least 
four of them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, damn, I'm about to leave these niggas and these is my niggas. Like, they can't come with me and I damn sure don't want to stay. Mm. So you know what I'm saying? It was, it, 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 it was like, it was kind of like a gift and a curse leaving because I was leaving my brother. But then again, I was gaining my freedom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that shit was that shit was crazy. And I'm like, damn, these niggas still gotta be going through this shit every day. Like waking up, you I'm sleep right here. We was in the dorm. I'm sleep right here. Nigga sleep right here. Nigga sleep right here. He farting. He snoring. You know what I'm saying? Then I get up, I go in the bathroom, I'm brushing my teeth right here. It's some motherfucker right here shitting. You know what I'm saying? Then there's another nigga right here watching his face. Got his teeth ah, brushing. He choking on the damn toothbrush and shit. Ah, ah. He in the shower, three man. stars down. So it's like, damn. <laughs> like, that shit was real, man. Like, nigga, I smelled your shit for three years, man. I watched <laughs> nigga Rick. I said, nigga, I smelled your shit for three years, man. Give me a break. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. That shit was crazy. This need man. to be a PSA. This need to be a PSA for people who <laughs> think going to jail is cool. <laughs> yeah, man. That shit ain't that shit not cool, man. I but you know what? I was a tutor and shit in jail. Like I was a, I got my GED in jail. I went to college and uh they gave me 90 days jail time credit. So I got out a little early. Okay. You know, because I got my GED and went to college and I uh I passed the college course, like I, I passed this business course for financial accounting. And uh, I cheated a little bit because it was a dude in there that helped me. He, well, I didn't even cheat. He showed me, like he taught me a lot of shit. He was in there for embezzling millions. So financial accounting was like his second nature. So I went oh, wow. straight to him. Hey man, give me the game. <laughs> yeah, but the it's crazy how much game you can get. He gave me more game than a teacher could give me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn. It's crazy, man. Yeah. So uh I ended up being a tutor. And then the little guy that I was tutoring, he got raped. Mm. Little white guy. He in there, he in here for drug abuse, but his neighbor is in here for murder and he not going home. Mm. So it's not there's not a separation of crime. So you put you put you this house right here, you put a gazelle, a deer, and a whole bunch of lions in this motherfucker. Who gonna get who gonna get eight? You know what I'm saying? There's no separation of crime. So you just putting this little 19-year-old white kid in the jungle mm -hmm. with all these predators and shit. And this this nigga like manhole. This dude, this this dude been in, he, he know he ain't coming home. He like man home, preferably white boy. You know what I'm saying? He, the white boy owed him for some Debbie cakes. You know what I'm saying? And he like, hey man, I don't want to get too graphic because I don't know how graphic he get. But he like, hey, you owe down. Like, I ain't gay. <laughs> that that's actually what I heard too. I wasn't know how tr how true it is. Cause I never been in prison, but the number one rule I've heard from people who've been in prison is don't accept anything from anybody, especially if you don't know them. 
because yeah, when you no. have to, you got to pay everything back, even if it's like a Debbie snack cake or something, they going to make you pay one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Don't accept nothing from nobody if you saw or if you ain't got nobody to back you up. Yeah, That's what it is. You can accept shit because some niggas just be cool. Mm-hmm. But if you saw they gonna run up your leg, man. And they they ran up his leg, man. They ended up, dude ended up raping my little dude, man. I was, that shit was, I couldn't even look him in his face when he came back to school. No, I'm just man. like, damn, man, like this fucked up. Like little yeah. white kid, man. Like he gonna go home. He ain't had nothing but like six to 18 months in jail. Man. Like he about to go home a totally different person, man. Damn. He fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's just how the justice system is. They yeah. feel like crime is crime, but crime is not crime, man. Yeah. A murder is not equivalent to car thief. Selling weed or something, yeah. Or yeah. selling is not. Mm-hmm. All my bunkies was murderers. I'm in that bitch for running from the police. Mm. <laughs> All my bunkies was murderers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's it's crazy. It, it really is, man. But like I said, it's inspirational to know you got out and were able to uh, make the most of it, I guess, in terms of improving your life and and being sure that, you know, that that shit wouldn't happen again. Because like I said, we, we all know people who they like you said, institutionalized, they come back and they're not the same and they get back in the dirt because they figure their life is over anyway. So it, it's really good to see you doing well for yourself, man. And, and we're happy to have you here as well. So. Yeah, really, really appreciate. That's good to see, man. Very inspirational. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, man. Like, it, I mean, me, I'm gonna make the best out of any situation that I'm in, even in prison. Like, I was even when I was in there. Like, I just joking all the time. Yeah. Like, I played too much. Like, I played all sports, <laughs> or I crack on everybody. Like, that that was my thing. Like, if that was what we did, we made the best out of our situation. Now, you could do that make the best out of your situation. You ain't got to necessarily enjoy it, yeah. but you can make the best of it. And that's what I did. I made the best of it. I made, I kept myself busy and I didn't let that shit get me down. So you know what I'm saying? But the scariest thing to me about prison is learning that I can do the time. Yeah. Now that's scary. When you know like, damn, I did three and a half years, like, I could do three and a half years. I could do five. Like uh, when you know that you can do it, like it, it, that's the scary part. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I I wanted that shit to scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I it 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 made me smart to know that that's a place that I don't never want to go again. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna put myself in a position to where I gotta go there. Like it, a gun was the reason that I. Went to jail, so I'm not going to be in no environment where I have to carry a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't even put yourself in that position. Yeah. You don't have to be. I don't have to be in the hood. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old G now. What the fuck I'm going to be doing in the hood for? Hanging yeah. out with a gun on me and doing young nigga shit. Like, you know, when they get 20 years, when they get 10 years, they'll be my age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I get 10 years, I'll be their daddy age. You know what I'm saying? So it's a difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you got to understand that. Yeah. 
I feel you, man. And like I said, you got a really inspirational story. Uh, you really should talk to somebody about making a TV show or something, man. Because like that's that's really like it had all the ups and downs of a drama series, man. You know, yeah. you're doing yeah. your thing, you get down for a minute, you come back. It's a nice happy ending at the end. So yeah, yeah, that's a very inspirational story, man. I'm glad you you were here to share it with us. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure, man. I, you hey, already know. I got to ask you, man, because you was a real street nigga, man. So, uh-huh. um, you you know, you rapping and all that. Somebody hit you up for a verse and willing to pay you a th- um, $200,000 for a verse. You find uh-huh. out this dude is um, Takashi 69 He won a verse from Shank for $200,000 for his album. Are you doing this verse? If I'm me who I am right now, yep, you and Shank. I'm not famous, I'm just Shank. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard motherfucker. Two hundred thousand dollars. I could do a lot with two hundred thousand dollars. So you hopping on Takashi Six Nine song called Rats, featuring Shane. Nope, 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 nope. nope. If I hop on it, I'm gonna talk about him. Yo, this now, you ain't say no stipulations to it. I diss him on his own shit. Oh, that's exactly funny. what I do. That's exactly what I do. I hop on that bitch and diss him on his own shit. Yeah, you want me on your shit? Yeah, I get. Send us wire the bread, man. I got you. Wire half of the money now, and then I'ma. He asked for a verse. There ain't no stipulations in the contract to where I can't say what I want to say. And once he hired, once he wired me the hundred. I don't need the other hundred. I'm cool. If you don't want to see me the other hundred, you can chalk me for the other hundred. I don't give a fuck. I sue you for it. I did my part. Yeah. I can't beat him up because I know what he's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about Takashi 69 that people hate to admit is the nigga made a valid point about a lot of shit. He said. This is the one point I don't give a fuck. I'm a real nigga. I'm gonna say if it's if it's, if it's valid, it's valid. He like man, y'all. What is it like? Certain levels to snitching mm-hmm. because I see niggas dealing with snitches all the time. Y'all just don't like me. He like Meek Mill. You you went to court with a snitch. A snitch represents you. Yeah. A snitch represents the whole Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. And he pulled the lady up and he pulled her case up and she did the. She wore a wire on a cartel. He like, but y'all fuck with her, but y'all don't fuck with me. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I, that, what, 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 how do you respond to that? Y'all tell me. Max B just got exposed for snitching and I didn't see nearly the same outrage as I saw for Takashi, man. So I'm like, y'all, y'all like Max B, so that's why it's different. But oh, Max since it's, got exposed? yeah, man, like it was pretty in deep. People came out. I, I, I got to look at the details, but basically they pulled the court documents that prove that he 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 told on some people and the energy was way different. People were like, man, you know, still it's still free. My nigga is still free. Max B. I'm like, nah, man, it was different when it was six, nine. So just admit it. You didn't you ain't like him in the first place. And that's why it's different. But right. there's a lot of snitches in the game, man. You know what you've been Alpo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He 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 doing donuts in the Harley through Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay, man. Yeah, like he made a valid ass point, man. Whether we like it or not, the nigga made a valid point. It ain't it ain't got nothing to do with uh a nigga liking him or, or dislike. He made a valid point. Like these yeah. this is a fact. This is not his opinion. This is a fact. I don't like him, so I don't like him person. Like I don't like him as a person. So I wouldn't do no song with him because mm-hmm. as a person, he's a bitch ass nigga to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he 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 provokes shit and he know he a bitch and he know he don't want no, he know he don't want no smoke and he not gonna catch no work. So and you provoking these real gangsters. Yeah. And you you poking at them. Yeah, that was his so ri- that was his rise to the top for real, for real. He got with a certain yeah. group to you know provoke everybody else. And then when that true get knocked up, then he like nah, that was on them. <laughs> so yeah, so all the shit that was happening to him while he was with them niggas, the Bloods or whatever, he deserved it. Cause nigga, you in the game that you you know you're supposed to be in, and you poking the bear, you poking the bears, man, and you ain't really about that shit. So yeah, they 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 took your shit, they robbed you, they fucked your baby mama, they they did all this shit. Because you doing you and you in the game that you don't need to be in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel sorry for him at all, but he made a valid point. You know what I'm saying? So I, I that's I don't fuck with him at all. Like period. Like that nigga, he's <laughs> uh, he's the he's the worst. Uh he the he one he a problem, man. Yeah. That nigga's a problem. That nigga's a problem for society, man. Joe, that nigga, he, I don't, I do not fuck with that dude. He, his face irritate me now. Yeah. I'm glad he flopped too, just so we won't have any other fake six nines come up because I feel like if he came out and he would have went platinum off his album, like we would have a whole bunch of people doing that same shit too, trying to call out people. And then when you get jammed up, go snitch on everybody. So yeah, I'm glad he, He's pretty much yeah. done now, but yeah, is what it is. he 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 made a mockery out of they they gang man. And one thing that I respect more than anything is gang. Yeah, I respect I respect that shit because that's a that's their way of life. And and them niggas they 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 that's that's like this is that's not just it's not just a gang or a family to them. Like that's a way of life for them. Like how how we live how our morals and how we was raised, that's how they live, like the Bloods and Crips and shit like that. That's that's their everyday life, man. And you made a, you made a mock, like, that's like, that's like their religion. Mm-hmm. It's that shit like, that's that's like religion in them. You don't go, you don't go in no, you don't go in the mines and make fun of Allah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I just don't respect him. I don't like him for doing what he did, man. I got respect for them people, man. I feel you, man. Uh, we we don't want to hold you up too long, man. I know you got things to do, people to see, but uh, sweetest we, day. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We nigga, really appreciate. Yeah, niggas don't celebrate that shit in um, Texas. <laughs> Wait, what's today? <laughs> sweetest day. Sweetest day. Sweetest day. What's that? It's, it's like a, it's, I guess it's like a male version of Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's a, mid, yeah. it's a Midwest thing. 
like your girl gets you something today instead of it, okay. that's what take you out to eat and shit. Yeah, that's Wait, why don't we celebrate that here? I want that. <laughs> but, but see, but see, yeah. that's that's the real definition. But it's a it, like people argue about this shit every year, talking about oh yeah, it should be for anybody and. Oh, my man, get me something for um, yeah. Sweetest Day and all that other shit. It's just another day to get gifts. Uh, women don't really follow the rules like that. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we need that. We need a male's Valentine's Day, man. They try to do that steak and the blowjob day, and that shit fucking, <laughs> that, that shouldn't be no special event <laughs> for yeah, one yeah. day a year. That should be a regular that, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but we really appreciate you coming on, man. We got to do this again. Uh, really, really inspirational yeah. stories. Uh, I had a good time listening to them, man. So yeah. really appreciate you jumping on. We got to do this again soon. Yeah, whenever you come down, right. man, just stop through. Oh, for sure, man. And uh, tell Fig to play that golden for you one time, man. Okay. For you. <laughs> Yeah, he got a song called Gold and Everything oh, Gold. Yeah. Oh, I, I, forgot, I forgot about that song, man. <laughs> yeah. I got to hear yeah. that now, man. I got to hear that. The whole podcast got to hear that. I got to I got to look for it now. <laughs> you going to yeah. find it. <laughs> I, well, oh, Shank, tell the people where they can find you, man. Man, on Instagram, RTN underscore Shank, or on Twitter, Young Shank. Facebook, Young Shank, everything, everything, RTN Shank or Young Shank, man. You know, YouTube, all that. <laughs> sound good. Sound good, man. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, we appreciate having you on, man. Gotta do it again. Gender Juice Spotlight, Artist Spotlight with RTN Shank. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Man, same here, man. Go Browns, baby. We 4 on one <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> other shit that happened real quick. Um, oh yeah, I want to talk about this real quick, man, because uh Willow, I guess they, they're still doing a red table talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know why, but I guess she's still doing a red table talk. And um Willow was on it again, and she was talking about uh her and Jaden's place in the black community, and she apparently said uh, and I quote, with the African-American community, I kind of felt like me and Jaden were shunned a little bit. Um, she said they were too different to be accepted. And people basically said, oh, oh we're not going to take pride in them because they're too different. They're too weird. And she said she felt outcasted by family members who didn't connect with her or her brother because they didn't fit the typical image of Black people, I guess. Mm. So... Oh, yeah, she talks about uh, 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 Jaden wearing a skirt, and that's not what a typical black man does. So they were kind of kind of shamed for that, I guess. <laughs> what do you think about this, man? Do they have a point about black people shaming them and shunning them for being different, or are they just kind of full of it on this podcast? Uh, I was trying to think if they did have a point with this, but I just don't. I don't see it. I just we, we talked about it earlier with Ti being in the in a different tax bracket. I just think they was in a different tax bracket, man. They you know they really didn't do anything to connect with a typical black kid or black person anyway. Outside of the movie, um, Jaden was in that Karate Kid movie, or yeah. Outside of that, I don't think any. 
or, or Willow, she did have the hit single with my hair. With my hair, yeah. But outside of that, I just feel like they really didn't, you know, I don't think kids or or at least black kids really connected with that. So I don't, I don't think it was a thing that they were they were too weird, but a, a lot of the times, like if they wasn't making stuff that a normal black kid or a black person would listen to or connect with, I don't think that's shining them out of the community. It's just that, you know, I th- you could really say that with any regular black person, like a, 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 a weird black person. I, I don't want to use the word weird, but I'll say maybe a nerdy black kid at a high school. Yeah. Like they're not really, you know, people not really shunning them out of the community, but just the stuff they're into comic books or, you know, anime or whatever it is that might not connect with a, a, a black person who listen to rap music all day or, you know, watch rap videos or something like that. I I just think that's probably the Hollywood case of it. I don't, I don't think it was a thing where we sat there and said, nah, let's get them out of here. Like they're too weird for us. I just think that, you know, I guess the stuff they was doing wasn't, what black people really, I guess, looked into like that. Yeah, I agree. And and I really hate when people say shit like this because it makes it seem like, oh, black people don't accept anybody who acts different than a stereotypical black person. I mean, in some cases, that's probably true, but that's case, the case with every race. You know, if you grow up in a country family, a white hillbilly family, you listen to 21 Savage, they're going to look at you a certain way. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is wrong with this dude? They're going to make fun of him. They're going to bully him. And, and same thing with, with black people who act stereotypically white. Mm-hmm. If in a certain community, they're they going to look at you a certain way, like, you know, what the fuck are you on? Mm-hmm. But it's not shunning you from the community. And I, I always hate when people say this. I hate when Tyler, Tyler, the creator, says this shit a lot about how black people aren't accepting of people of, who do different things or things that are considered white people activities. He says this shit a lot. But even with him, I understand because he he grew up normal. You know, he didn't get famous until he was like, what, 16, 17, 18, probably. So he like he grew up in a normal setting where he was looked at as kind of weird. But Jaden and Willow grew up like adored by black people because they had their everybody loved their parents. It was the best. The the number one black couple. Yes. That was like couple goals. Everybody loved Jada in the 90s, all the movies she did. Everybody loved Will Smith for a long time. Like, we thought he was corny after a while, but we love Fresh Prince. We love Men in Black. We love all them fucking movies he made. So they were like the uh, adored couple in the black community. And when Jaden Smith came out and made the Karate Kid movie, like you said, everybody, my niece and nephews, they love that movie, man. Mm-hmm. When Willow made with my hair, like people love that shit that that was black girl magic or whatever. And what they did that was different was they started. Well, the Jaden started dressing like a girl and Willow starts dressing like a boy. And no matter who you're around, that's going to be viewed as weird, man. Yeah, because and I kind of feel like they did that shit for attention, too, because, y- you know, what people are going to say about shit like that. Yeah. And. So when you start addressing a boy like a girl and a girl like a boy, they're going to look at it like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't think it's a black thing. I think it's a normal human thing to say, hey, that's outside of what we're used to. 
yeah. and it's strange to us. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were shunned. I just think that basically, you know, and that's the thing when you when you decide to be an outsider, that's the risk you take. Yeah, when yep. you, you could try to fit in. Jaden Jaden has a lot of black friends. He has ASAP Mob. He got Drake. People mm-hmm. he hangs Kid Cudi. Yeah. People like on his albums that have done features and shit. Yeah. So he has black friends. Willow, I don't know what she does, but I just don't like this kind of talk, man. I don't like how they make black people seem like we're just intolerant of anybody. Yeah. And if you don't like rap or play football, then you ain't black. Like there, there are a wide variety of black people and you're going to find every kind yeah. who do different shit. Mm-hmm. And they have their own black friends in the whole black community too. So yeah, you and it's not like they're the exclusive people that only did that. Exactly, it's, it's a bunch of people that are just like them. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's to me, that's kind of like saying you know, there's no good hip hop out there. There's no real hip hop. Yes. Like no, it's you. You got to look for it. It's all out there. And so it, they wasn't the weird ones where it's like, oh, we never seen anybody like this. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of people like that. It's a bunch of people that 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 like what they like. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a right excuse to sit there and say, hey, they shunned us out of the black community. Like I, I feel like you, I feel like the only way you could get shunned out of the black community is if you say some. Um, kind of uh like uncle anti-black tom. shit yeah, like candace owens some, or whatever yeah if you want some uncle tom type shit or or going go, yeah it, pretty much that that's the that's the only way ain't nobody about to just you know kick you out because you you know because of the way you dress because you gay or whatever man yeah. like it's yeah and, it, and, it's real silly and honestly it happened it happened with me like with me dyeing my hair or me having a certain type of uh, a style people always be like man what type of shit is that like I, everybody go through that type of shit everybody had their weird yeah. moments and you know i just got to man up i, I got to man up and own it <laughs> and you know eventually they'll come around but i never felt the way where i'm like damn i'm not welcome in the hood anymore or let me let me go back to the white people cuz these white people don't accept yeah they me treated anymore. me like this or that like yeah, the, like black people going to laugh at you no matter what like if you got a goofy looking hat on, they gonna laugh at you. Yeah, that means you shun out of the community. They just gonna let you have it. Yeah, like I I don't know where this came from. Like yeah, they caught jokes, I'm sure, but they caught jokes from everybody. There were white people. It's not like white people were like, I understand Jaden wearing a skirt and I understand Willow's dressing like a boy. They were mm-hmm. making jokes too, man, yeah. mm-hmm. and calling that shit weird. So. It's not just black people. It's everybody. When you decide to be an outsider and go against the grain, that's a risk you take, man. So yeah, yeah. that should just annoy me. I know it's not a big <laughs> topic to talk about, but I just hate talk like that. So yeah, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that happened this week? I think that uh, probably covers did, it. Oh, did you see Cardi B's uh, nipple? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her titties. Uh, she leaked it, quote unquote, on her IG live story. <laughs> um, like, first off, just just put your titties out if you want to put them out. <laughs> I don't understand why you got to go through the whole make. Like, how long she been using Instagram? 
now, this, years and years. Now, this is the other story I heard. I heard she was trying to put it in her close friends. I, I, I'm sure you hip to the close friends. Yeah. I, I heard she was trying to put it on her close friends, but didn't and, uh, put it out to the public, I guess. Oh, damn. I mean, that, that happens. I, I, that could have happened. Yeah. If, if that happened, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I kind of respect that more. Because uh, I, I'm shocked she even doing shit like that. If she mm-hmm. was, uh, if she even got a close friends and you know putting that out there. But yeah, who was in her close friends where she what, just putting her titties out? I don't well, know. she is bisexual, so yeah. maybe she was just trying to With some Instagram know, models, her girlfriends or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of that kind of um, I kind of like that about Cardi that that part. That and then she came out because I guess it was rumors saying that she was. She was gonna sue or something like that, but she just came out and said, "Hey, no, that was that was me. That was my bad. <laughs> like I did that by mistake." Yeah, I mean, Cardi B was a stripper. Like a lot of people don't see her naked at this point, <laughs> so it ain't nothing new. I mean, the teeth did look pretty good, honestly. I know she got some work done on them because you could tell they fake. But the nipples look good, man. I like yeah. the big old pepperoni size areolas. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people was I enjoyed it. A lot of people were shitting on her um, because of the areolas. I she love them big good. areolas, man. I thought it looked cool. That's my shit. It did look. I, I hate the tiny titties, man. I hate the tiny nipples and shit. I hate that. <laughs> I like the big old areolas. So I thought they looked pretty good for fake titties, man. Honestly, yeah. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah. So I get him a, a solid B plus. Yeah. And plus they, they don't look perfect, perfect. You know how some people just had the perfect where it's like you know they fake, they so fake they yep. look perfect. Like to me, those are kind of like hood girl titties. Like they, <laughs> they different. <laughs> they uh, they look look they, they kind of unique. They got the you know the the big marks on them. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I was cool with them. Like I, I like the titties. The only thing I didn't like was her face. On the photo, man, she looked. Yeah. I feel like she could have posed herself a little bit better. Yeah, like it, it just looked like she fucking. It's kind of like when you accidentally flip the phone around and you just see yourself with a double chin, like, yeah. <laughs> like looking real ugly. That's how yeah. she looked on the picture, man. She could have like fucking angled her face a little better because her eyes were damn near closed too. It was weird, but yeah, uh, the teens weren't bad, man. People got to grow up. Those are the grown. Yeah. Wrong woman titties right there. I liked them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Power. Uh, we got to ask uh, next time Jasmine's on. I don't know if you've been watching Power. Yeah, I actually, I actually um, binged it a little bit and caught up to it. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. What are your thoughts? The same as last week, man, or the last time. <laughs> Mary J. Blige cannot act, man. Oh, it's kind of it's kind of cringy now, man. She she way too extra, way too New York. Like get get the fuck out of here, yo yeah. yo, yo handle that. <laughs> like oh. I don't want to see her doing that, man. But um, I will say this, man. I I feel like this storyline is better than the um the last two seasons of Power. Okay. Uh, other original Power, yeah. So it's not it's not to the point where I'm like, man, I'm done with this. Like, what the hell is this? But um, it it do kind of keep you going a little bit where you like, damn, like I wonder what's gonna happen next. So it, it it's a break right now. The I guess the winter or whatever they call it. But um, I think it's coming back probably next year. Okay. But, but um, it's pretty interesting, and I like the way they made Tyreek pretty much the 
the um likable because he wasn't likable at all. Mm-hmm. So now they got it where you actually rooting for Tyreek. You kind of you know oh, wow. okay. yeah you kind of supporting Tyreek in this. But um okay that kid still can't act but no nah, he I can't mean, at least they make him likable. Yeah. <laughs> all right that's good. I mean I, I'm I, I don't want the show to be terrible man. So that's good that they at least are trying this time because it the the regular show ended so badly but <laughs> that's good to hear that it's we got to get jasmine's take too next time she's on so yeah uh anything else happened i'm i'm scrolling through the timeline real quick seeing if there's anything mm-hmm. we missed that might be about it the astros forces game oh seven, yeah man. sports let's take are, a real quick sports segment are you excited uh Look, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll know who won. So I don't want to be too, you know, say either or. But no matter, I mean, the Astros were down three games. Yeah, I was going to say, how you just feel overall about this season? Because they they went into the playoffs stumbling. I yeah, thought they was going to be going the first in the in the wild card, but they actually playing some of the best baseball. No, they are like they found the perfect like. This has basically been the opposite Astro season from the last two seasons, man, to where they're hot in a regular season and go cold in the playoffs. They finally they were cold in the regular season and caught fire at the right time in the playoffs. So they've been playing really good, man. They're basically playing with house money because, number one, everybody hates them. Number two, they have so many injuries that they lost their ace pitcher. Um, They're a worse team on paper than they were last year. They got a shit ton of this far. Yeah, yeah. They got, they to got even sh- get this far is a win. So yeah, like I, I'm down for the ride, man. If they <laughs> if they lose, it was a good season. If they win, of course, this is above and beyond our expectations for the team. So I'm hyped for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least one team in Houston is doing what they're supposed to do and doing yeah. a good job. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm happy for Dusty, man. Because oh, me too. I, I like I I hate all the shit people are saying about Dusty man, like they was talking about he trash. He need to be out of here. And then like he said yeah. he was sitting on the couch chilling, man. And y'all called him to clean up this mess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of glad that they're um they're uh, moving right now. I I hope they make it to the World Series, man. I think he deserve it. I think he need a ring. Yeah. But, but um yeah I. I yeah, I'm 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 kind of I, I like the way they going right now, man. And hopefully, hopefully when y'all listen to this podcast, we'll be celebrating or you you know they won this game if they yep. win it. But um, hopefully, but either way, man, it's been a good season. It's a great you know, season, yeah. Like more than we thought. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, Verlander was out. They lost Cole. Um, all type of other people was out, man. Shit, I thought the season was over. Yeah. <laughs> And it is funny because he brought that up too. Like all three major Houston sports team have black people come in to clean up the mess Man. that was left from the previous <laughs> regime. You yeah. got the Texans firing Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell steps in. You got uh, Daryl Morey quits. Supposedly it was his idea to quit. Yeah. Uh, I, and it, uh, yeah. They got I, a black GM. I forget his name. Something Stone. Something yeah, strange. something. Let me look it up real quick. But they got a new black uh, GM who's taken over. Yeah. Rockets new GM. And it's funny you said he. Uh, it was his idea to leave. I think that was more Raphael of, Stone. Yeah. yeah, I think that was more. I, um, uh, I guess with Maurice, I guess them saying 
he decided to leave. I think it was more of a hey, you, you know what you did early on. Yes. Hey, uh, you know, we can make this clean where, you know, you could go on, go your separate way and be cool, have a clean record, and we could just move forward. <laughs> I don't I don't think it was a thing where he said, you know, I'm 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 just out. I think I think that was the agreement that, you know, you you gotta resign at the end of this year. I <laughs> uh, no, I hundred percent agree. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Like here here's what I think actually happened. I think after Daryl Morey made that tweet about free Hong Kong and got China all upset, I think Tillman wanted to fire him right then and there. And I think Adam Silver or somebody in the NBA said, you can't do that because it makes us look like we're bowing down to China and and just doing something because like it's, we can't promote free speech and black lives matter. If we fire somebody for half for voicing their opinion on, on some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they said, no, you got to ride this season out. And at the end, he has to say it's his idea to leave. Yeah. And that's how we look like we didn't bow down, even though we did kind of bow down. Yeah. Yeah. That, I so, think that was their agreement. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened because, because he I think did. Tillman, you could tell the way Tillman talked about Daryl Moore that he wanted him gone. Yeah. After that shit, he's like, he cost us so much money and all yeah. this shit, and like, and, and see when he was, all upset. See when he was talking to the president, and the yeah. president, the president was like, "Whoa, and uh, wow, he still worked for you? He must be really yep. good at his job." <laughs> because he he pretty much saying, "Man, he should have been gone <laughs> for yeah. that shit." No fucking LeBron was saying to fire him, <laughs> the king of the league. LeBron <laughs> was saying, "We got to get out of there because he cost us money." So when you got everybody calling for his head, no, he was going to leave regardless, man. He had to go. And yeah, I think that was the agreement. He had to say it was his idea to leave and he's leaving on his own terms. But I don't think that was the case. I don't think he wanted to go like that, but it had to happen. I wonder wonder if he ever get a job somewhere else. I think he will. In the NBA? Somewhere. I, I think the NBA, I think he will have to wait Maybe he has to go to baseball or football. I don't know if he could give you the NFL team, but I think he would have to cool down because, you know, they just got aired back on China after a whole year. (laughs) So I think the NBA is very particular about their China relationship. So I don't think he's going to be in the NBA anytime soon, but he'll get picked up eventually. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of LeBron, it is official. That he has his fifth or fourth, fourth ring now. Fourth yeah. ring. Is he the GOAT? Yes or no? Oh my God. I'm not answering that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I tell you, um, this and it's funny because after they won, this is like my annual don't watch ESPN or Fox Sports for like oh, yeah, a couple 100%. weeks, man. Like the only time I watched it after the finals when the Cavs won. That was 2016. I was watching it then. But um, my lord, all they did—they brung up Jordan that same night. I'm like, man, like, can, can this man just <laughs> do his thing? Like, I'm I'm tired of the whole Michael Jordan because if you want to be technical, he probably will never pass Jordan because he Jordan never lost. So I just don't because that's the first thing people bring up is Jordan sits and no in the in the finals. Like yep. LeBron can never be sits and no in the finals at this point. It's, yeah. So, like, I just don't get why people bring it up and argue that. Uh, it's so lazy, man. I'm, man, I'm sick of it. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't watch, I'll admit, I didn't watch a single game of the finals and I don't watch any of the coverage afterwards, man. I just, <laughs> I knew the Lakers were going to win it. As yeah. soon as I saw the Heat were there, I'm like, okay, it's over now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't have no particular take on it, man. Like, I just, certain things LeBron does, does ignore me, does uh, annoy me. I saw him post on IG Live that he was watching The Last Dance and said he was doing his homework. Oh, yeah, like, I've seen shut that. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, LeBron just annoys Like, I want to be a fan of LeBron, but the shit he does off the court just annoys me, man. The Malcolm X book, all that shit, it, it annoys me too much, man. So I can never say he's a GOAT because of that shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it is what it is, man. This season was weird. I'm glad they finished it. You know, good for them. But one thing I have to wonder, man, I wonder if Lakers fans are really accept LeBron like that. Yeah, uh, because d- you think about it, number one, they rooted against him for so long because they were Kobe people. Mm-hmm. And now this nigga just comes to the LA, not drafted. He kind of makes his own way there, yeah. brings AD, and just wins a ring and gets the legacy of being the Laker now. Yeah. A championship Laker player. Mm. And it's like, I wonder, I feel like if I was a hardcore Lakers fan, I wouldn't really respect that as much as the Kobe rings or the Magic Johnson rings. I wouldn't put this ring on that same level just yeah. because of LeBron and the way he kind of, he the way he came here, honestly. Yeah. I won't respect it, but maybe that's just me. Maybe it's yeah, it's it's kind of tricky because, um, like I know we're not comparing um LeBron and Jordan as I'm, mean, uh, you know, we're not having a goat conversation, but like it, you know how crazy that sound for somebody that's just leave another team, go to another team, and then in the second year he bring all the people he pretty much want, yeah, and win a ring. Like I like I don't know, like I know we can never find out, but. I don't know if that's easy for somebody like a Jordan to do that, to just pack up to another team. He did that twice. <laughs> he he, he yeah. went to Miami, pretty much did it. <laughs> went back to Cleveland, did it. And um, yep. went to the, 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 to, to the Lakers to do it. So I, I don't know. A lot of people kind of complain about that, but I think it's pretty impressive because you don't see no other Hall of Famers doing that. Like a lot of Hall of Famers, they'll go to another team and then they they stink or, you know, they're not the same person. Dwayne Wade tried to do it. He went to the Bulls, went to the Cavs, and wasn't that same person. He he don't even look right in them uniforms. But yeah, but LeBron, he like this dude is thirty five years old, <laughs> and, and you know he even packed up three three different times and won them a ring. Yeah. So I, I I think I think a lot of people should put some respect to it because the first thing they say is, oh, he playing with AD or AD really carrying that team. Like a, a lot of people can't do that though. <laughs> That's a fair point, man. That's a fair point too. Yeah. So I would I would probably I mean if I was a Lakers Lakers fan I would be satisfied with that because how many people then you know went to LA to try to win and didn't. I mean, like Dwight Howard went to L.A. with with Kobe, and that didn't work out at all. Yeah, it, it was a bunch of people um, L.A. tried to sign to try to even get to the playoffs, and it didn't work out. So I I would definitely be satisfied with that. And and you got you got LeBron for what two more years? I want to say two or three more years. So yeah, that could be two or three more rings. 
It'll be at least one. I think, you know, I don't think anybody else is going to challenge them that hard in the, yeah. you know. And and plus, you got to think about it too, plus it's, it's L.A. Like, a lot of people wasn't trying to go to Cleveland. But yeah, but L.A., like, like I would be surprised if they get somebody like a Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, talking about that too. Yeah. If they, I, would be happy, I would actually take pride in a Lakers ring if Chris Paul got a ring, man. I feel like he deserves a ring. He's, yeah. he's been playing for so long and playing so hard. I think Chris Paul deserves a ring, man. So yeah, I agree. I'll actually be excited to see him win it. Yeah, if they yeah if they get somebody like a Chris Paul and um, running back again, man, like I, I think people need to just relax. Like I'm not saying you should say he's better than Jordan, but like you ain't got to shit on LeBron. You ain't got to big up Jordan by shitting on LeBron. <laughs> yes, you did. That's a rule. You can't <laughs> say they're both great. You can't. That's illegal. <laughs> You, know, you have to shit on one J- to bring up the J- other. Jordan the best because he never lost in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> well, LeBron has a more efficient uh, points per game. <laughs> he has more assists. He has uh, more 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 hour more minutes played in the playoffs. His PER like, is better than yes. Jordan. <laughs> the advanced analytics agree with LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> the ESPN okay. stats. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So yes, Lakers win. We all knew they were going to win when they got into the finals. So it's what mm-hmm. it is. And we'll see what the Astros do. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, they are in the World Series. But who knows? Yeah. And I think that about does it for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank RT and Shank, our special guests, for joining us on the Gems and Juice Artist Spotlight. Um, I also want to thank Skylab HTX. We have the winner announced. We'll have them on next week, I believe. Uh, the th- uh, we're going to have them on towards the end of the month. Towards okay, the- that works. Yeah. So uh, next so week, we got Fat Tony. That's right. We have Fat Tony joining us, our good friend Fat Tony joining us again uh, on our next Artist Spotlight. Remember to check out the YouTube page. We're posting videos up now, and we'll have the RT and Shank interview up there, too. So check that shit out. Uh, subscribe, do all that shit. Uh, get your mask. Hit up Figgy for a Jim the Juice podcast mask. Remember that. Um, yes, there it is. Clean design. I like it. Um, also, shout out to Tab. Check out Tab Tech. Um, offer all your cell phone and cell phone case needs. He will hook you up with a phone if you need one. Just search Tab Tech, T A B T E C H, on Amazon, eBay, wherever you get your shit. And you will find it. Anybody else to plug? Am I forgetting somebody? Skylab Studios. Shout out to Jasmine. Yeah. Shout out to Skylab Skylab. Studios as always. Shout out to Skylab. Shout out to Skylab for sponsoring our our segment and and having the contest too. We'll try to do more shit like that in the future. Shout out to Jasmine for helping behind the scenes as she always does. And that's it, y'all. Till next week. Peace.